Greetings, fellow investigators, and welcome to our video podcast, Into the Darkness, where my friends and I play the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. I'm your host, Tom Rayleigh. The scenario is What Goes Around. It was written by Marcus Debone, and I will be the keeper of arcane lore. Uh, this is a one-shot, and it will be the sixth version that we have done. So without any further delay, let's begin our journey into the darkness. Arkham is a haunted city with many strange events taking place, especially around the 1920s. It's no wonder, then, that a group of amateur investigators crop up from time to time, and occasionally they have connections. One such group is the Arkham Hermetic Society of Occult and Arcane Studies. Uh, they take their investigation quite seriously, while at the same time having a lot of good, clean fun along the way. It's May. 17th, 1924, uh, still a little chilly, so people have coats and boots to stave off the early morning cold. It's been an all-nighter for some of the arcane, uh, for some of the Ar Arkham Hermetic Society of Occult and Arcane Studies. They have been putting the final touches on their reports of a fake haunting in Bolton amidst other projects. They finally chose to call it a night on the morning, uh, rather, uh, Sorry, they finally chose to call it a night, or morning rather, at 5.30 a.m. on Saturday. How about that trick with the um, bed sheets with the fake hunting, you know, made it really look real. Almost got really. me for a second, but it's clever. I'll give them that, but um, wasn't very good once we disproved it. Oh, the Pretty sound effect guy and the dumbwaiter was kind of cool, too. Oh, yeah. It was a cool trick he did with the cables. The chains yeah, were a nice Rattling touch. some chains. trick with the dry ice was very interesting. That was novel. Mm, quite amateurish, in my opinion. To be I fair. agree. You guys all realize you're, you're quite tired. Uh, you have uh, given keys to the... Uh, library um because you often have little all-nighters uh you're friends with the librarian uh his name is marshall he's not there anymore he left uh around five yesterday so uh you guys start wrapping up your your paperwork and your projects and putting them away now some of you probably live close by uh, you might not bother driving. You'd walk. Uh, others of you probably do live farther away um, on the other side of the river. Corbin Library is right in the middle of downtown. Uh, it's a nice little piece of property. It's got uh, lawns and little gardens around it. But it's a fairly small library, you know, the kind of private collection of uh, old books, uh, so it's convenient for you to use it as your sort of base of operations. So as you are closing up, uh, you step outside, there's a chill in the air. Um, 
there's uh, red on the horizon. Uh, the sun's still down below the horizon. And you are uh, getting ready uh, to leave. Who, who amongst you has a car? Uh, I would. Um, I would have a Model T because that's all I can afford. But I have to be able to get around as part of a PI uh, capability in taxis. Just so doesn't work when you're trying to follow people. And do you have like an office down the street, maybe? Oh, I wish. I just have my uh, one-room studio apartment and a hot plate. Okay. So downtown Arkham, it's it's been here for a while. Um, this is probably the most built-up part of, of the town. And even that's not very, very built up. Uh, as you come out of the Corbin Library, the street up and down is a mixture of uh, very old and less old. Um, some of the buildings are one story and some of them are two or three stories. There's shops and things along the bottom uh, and there's small apartments above. Not all of them have apartments. Um, as you are getting ready uh, to to leave. I offered um, it to my uh, fellow investigators. Uh, it may be just too early or too late to go to bed. Uh, anybody care for some ham and eggs and some coffee? Uh, is, there, yeah. is there a local place that we could just all go to and get something to eat? Because it's um, night and I need caffeine if I'm going to stay awake right now. We'll say there's a cafe down the street. Yeah. Um, as you are approaching your car... There is suddenly a tremendous explosion that takes place uh, right down the street, maybe only two or three buildings over. Um, a huge fireball shoots into the sky. Uh, the concussion blast almost knocks you off your feet. Um, glass and timber and uh, flaming debris shoot out into the street. Um, a few moments go by before uh, people's bedroom lights all up and down with the apartments in the in the area start lighting up. Um, there's debris all over the street. Uh, and uh, what do you do? What was that? Sacre bleu. What was that? I don't get over there. Yeah, there might be people inside. And Alexander's going to drop all his... Well, he probably dropped them during the explosion, but um, make a vain attempt to pick them up and then go over to the explosion. Okay. Lex uh, had experience in the Great War, and he recovers from the shell shock of it and would head to the sounds of the gun as, guns as fast as he could. Okay. So he would run towards the, the boom. Okay. Um, as you just literally take a few steps into the street, um, you all recognize it. I mean, you've been here most of your lives, um, or at least for a long time. Uh, it's Haywright's Jewelry Store that has exploded. Um, it was a one-story building. Uh, it very nearly blew the roof off of the building. Um, Lex, if you have... 
uh, experience uh, from the war, or at least you've seen explosions, mm-hmm. your first guess is that it was a gas explosion from the color and intensity of the blast. Uh, the whole front end of the store is on fire. Um, there are, like I say, there's flaming debris all over the street mm-hmm. uh, as you guys are approaching. Um, I would imagine if there was anybody close or nearby that they are either succumbed to some gas or got knocked out, but the explosion has probably burned off the gas portion. So I would run to the front of it and call out for if any survivors and then listen for people that may still be inside. Okay. Uh, Max and Jude and Ken, uh, what are you doing? Oh. Be like telephone boxes on the street or anything like that. I probably try and make sure the, the fire department was getting called as soon as possible. Yes, there's there's probably one right down the street, on the corner. Max, I would do that and run and make that nine one one call real fast. That's okay. a good idea. Yeah, they don't yes. have nine one one yet, but. <laughs> oh. uh, so you're running for the phone, the the say the police box, that's there. Uh, Max and Jude. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm. I'm under the assumption that it's a some kind of a robbery that they they did something wrong with the dynamite trying to get the safe open. I'm gonna hide. I'm gonna try and get a some kind of a hiding spot to watch, see what's going on, actually okay. going on. Okay. I do share. Looks like a gas leak explosion as I'm running away. It's also very early in the morning, so it's odd that any business would be open. So maybe a robbery. I mean, that's possible. Uh, Max? While the commotion is so high, may I pay attention to the surroundings? I'm not as courageous as uh, Lex or as Huxley because I haven't followed uh, any military training. So I'm staying a little bit behind and trying to keep my cool as I'm looking around. Do I discern something through the smoke or through the rubble or anything like that? Okay. Um, So what you're noticing mostly is that lights are coming on all up and down the street. Um, You don't hear any sirens yet. It's probably going to take a few. This is moments after the explosion has taken place. All right. So, and, and Lex, you said you're running towards the explosion. Yes. Okay. You're running towards the explosion. Alexander, you're, you're going towards it. Um, Jude, you're you're all looking in the direction of the explosion. I'd like you all to do spot hiddens. That's a fail. That's a fail for me. <laughs> Any passes? 86, failure. 95, worse than you. Max, you 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 passed. How about you, uh, uh, Alexander? I had a failure. Okay. So, Max, oh, I just realized I forgot to put up the. Just one second. Sixty-five out of sixty-five. That's a no, that's, that's a pass. Yeah, that's a pass. Well, Needs a pizza. 
Do we have luck? Yes, you do. Uh, if you want to roll for luck, uh, 3d6 times 5. Oh, cool. And if you get anything under 40 or 45, you can roll again. 9, 45. <laughs> yeah, 45. Okay. And you can spend that on anything. Well, almost anything. You can't spend it on anything. Uh, let's see. Okay. So while the rest of you are busying yourself trying to see what was going on, Max, as you are keeping your distance and you are looking at the building, you notice something odd. Um, your friends are in front of you, so they're you can see their uh, their silhouettes against the bright uh, fire of the building. Uh, the rest of you can see that the entire inside of that building is is in flames. Um, but Max, you notice something. There is a black shadow in the fire in the middle of the building. And as you watch, it seems to sort of raise itself up. And your first impression of the shape is something like a bear. It's on all fours. It rises up in the in the flames. None of the rest of you see anything. Um, and it begins to move. It moves towards the bro blown out window and it steps through the window and onto the sidewalk. Um, and for you, uh, this is what you see. This huge, monstrous, black, hairy beast with glowing eyes and a kind of aura all around it. It steps out of the building uh, and it, it looks around and it seems to rise up and smell the air. And then it starts to walk down the sidewalk, down the street, um, towards the, the west end. Uh, do a sanity roll. This is not obscure. This is clear as day. At this Max point, I'm back. Hard a hard pass. Um, do a one d four anyway of sanity. I'm sorry. What was it uh, you said? I was just asking if I if I've come back at this point. Did I see this as well? So I ran off to make a, to call the you know emergencies. You you did your spot hidden, so you don't see it. Uh, but perhaps you see Maximilian standing there open mouth staring at something no he's he looks white as a ghost by now uh, people start to come out of their their buildings into the street probably come back down the street at this point I mean like I, I can't I, I talk to the operator make sure to get the fire department right down here and I see Maximilian I'm like Max what's, what's wrong you, you've seen a ghost. What's what's going on? 
I don't know. It probably was a trick of the light. Oh, you can still see it. It's clear as clear as right there in front of you, walking probably, on the street. Probably. Okay, hear me out. I may be tired, but I highly suspect somebody escaped from this incident, and they do not require help. They are getting away from the site. You have to believe me. We have to go. We have to see what's there. We have to follow this person. Max, um, what did they? What did they look like? Did you? Did you get a good good look? I didn't see anything. These they look like they wear a fur coat or something. I I don't know. It's uh, very peculiar. And uh, a pinch, an, an old lady wearing a fur coat robbing a jewelry store. That's a new one. I mean, I didn't claim it was a ghost, did I? You said this old lady in a fur coat walked out of the fire. You're still looking at her. It. <laughs> her. <laughs> it's walking. You can see it right there. Well, <laughs> if you do not believe me, I will follow madame and see where she's going so and we, we Max is going to proceed to sorry i was gonna say we, we still don't see it he nope. can't max is going to follow but you the see max here. suddenly starting to wander slowly as if he's probably trying to keep hidden from something that's walking down the street but you don't see anything all right. I mean, at this point, I'm thinking maybe somebody's, you know, if they were in there, maybe they're hurt, maybe they're in shock and they stumbled off or something. My mind hasn't gone anywhere to anything spooky at this point. Explosions aren't very supernatural. So I'm not thinking ghosts or Wendigo right now. I'm like, well, yeah, you know, I'd be hurt. Let's go find them. I'll, I'll walk with Max. Where'd she go? Lex, Lex, um, tell me if I'm incorrect, but nobody can walk out of that sort of fire and walk down the street. I didn't see anybody come out, and I'm now looking. I'm going to, if I continue to, I'm going to try to look through the fire to and call out and see if anybody's still in the building. I, I didn't see anybody come by me. It's, it's literally an inferno. Uh, and by now you start to hear uh, sirens off in the and distance. When we walk close close as we can to this building, I assume it gets to a point before we even near it where it's too hot to, you know, stand next to it. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So Lex, I I don't want to be morbid, but I think Max just saw someone burn to death. Well, if they were doing a robbery, then and, they sure did it wrong. And he might have just been in shock. It's a rather horrific way to go. It happened. It happened in the Great War. It very well could be possible he caught sight of something. We shouldn't leave him alone. Uh, but and hopefully he'll come out of it. We should support him as friends and and follow him. Maybe he'll come out of it soon himself. Sometimes they do. If not, you know, maybe we can get him a drink. Medicinal, medicinal alcohol. 
he needs to sleep too, but I agree with you. We shouldn't leave him alone. I'll follow the group then. I have heard of idiots pretending to be safe crackers who know absolutely nothing about dynamite trying to blow up, blow up safes and blowing themselves up, but this looks like something else. There are quite a few people now in the street. Um, they're staying far enough back. And down at the end, at the east end of the street, you see the fire brigade um, turn the corner and start heading in this direction. Um, there's probably police with them as well. It's going to be lots of questions being asked. And, uh, and, and, uh, uh, Max is continuing to walk. I assume nobody is reacting in a similar way Max is. Mm -mm. Okay. I'll follow him to make sure he doesn't, you know, fall asleep on a park bench somewhere or get hit by a car. Okay. You approach Max. Max seems to be somewhat terrified of something like something that you don't see. Hey, what do you what do you say to that cup of coffee? Max, uh, you need sleep. But it's right there. Don't you see? The figure is dodging through the crowds. Nobody seems to... You are looking at me like I'm mad. In the and flames, I'm... Max? Inside the, the flames? You have to be told. It was dark. Char dark. But... It's moving. Perhaps I will finally find the subject for my new study, for the new optical studies. Probably this is some kind of very, very elaborate way the light from the uh, street lamps is landing in my eyes that I've seen this, but I still can see it. And I will point, Max will point towards the direction while still advancing forward. Max, you're tired. We're all tired. You're probably just seeing things. It's might be a trick of the light. The uh, huge beast that you're following. Um, is he shell-shocked? I have some psychology. Is, is he shell-shocked? You can roll psychology on him. Uh, hard success. Doesn't, doesn't show those kind of, of traits. He is acting like he is literally seeing something and he's following it. And uh, from his movements, it doesn't look like he's following something that's trying to be hidden. It's just something that it's, it's a phantom, something that he apparently can see that you can't, whether you believe that or not. Um, Max doesn't seem like the kind of guy to, I will, off on some I will ask him to point it out directly, and I will try to look where he's pointing. And you will see Max as it's uh, stretching his left arm towards um, the front of this alley uh, on which this dark, massive figure that he sees is walking down on. 
just at- as the thing uh, is about to turn the corner, um, and you're you're looking at it and pointing, it suddenly stops and it turns its head back and it looks right at you, Max, and its eyes are like blue flame. Um, it looks at you and it just sort of the feeling is is one of terror. It sort of pierces into your soul. And then the creature sniffs the air again, turns, and starts to go around the corner. Max will start to chase the figure. I uh, I will go straight. I will try to. I will accelerate. I I was walking up until this point. Okay. I will start running and I will try to turn uh, on that street where uh, the figure went. Okay. What the rest are you doing? Max seems to be crazed. (laughs) Oh, I'm I'm trying to make sure Max okay. I'll walk after him, but I don't want to be the person running away from the fire. (laughs) All right. I will Uh, walk as well. You can see the firemen are now busy trying to put out the fire. Um, Max, uh, you get to the end of the street and you turn and you look. The thing, the creature is now across the street and it is entering into the Arkham Cemetery, uh, which is up here kind of on a hill. Uh, You see it walking into the cemetery. Uh, you can continue to run after it. Seeing this context, I will just relate what I, I will turn back to the group a little bit and I will say, I believe we have a hoax on our hands. I believe somebody is pulling some kind of a prank or is trying to, uh, I don't know, go to the local cemetery in this long, dark fury coat. After a tragic real incident happened, I don't know, we aren't reporters for mundane stuff. Nobody's going to pay attention to an explosion. Uh, Nobody's going to be like, oh no, somebody left the gas on. But this, a guy that may be the one that left the gas step on and is dressed full in black and is going to the local cemetery to pretend to be some spooky ghosts. Now that is a story. Max. We can't see this person you're talking about. Max, if you saw someone, none of us saw it. May I do a willpower check? Yes. That's a 45 out of 35. So as you're looking at it, you see it going into the cemetery and it's walking, sort of weaving itself in between the graves. Um, the first light of the sun begins to peek up over the hills uh, in the east and the light begins to shine in. And as it does, you can see that the light seems to almost go through this creature. And within a few moments, it fades away. 
and disappears. And the sun is now coming up. Gentlemen, on a second thought, coffee and eggs sounds amazing. There we go. <laughs> sounds like a plan. All right. So uh, you start, this, this takes a little bit of time, but you uh you start heading back down the street um you probably are asked some questions by the police chief or the the fire fire chief since you were witnesses to the explosion um they have got it under control uh it has damaged slightly the buildings to either side but they managed to get it uh get it in time uh, it was the Haywright Jewelry Store, and um, they won't let you get too close because it's dangerous, but um, they figure they know who you are because you guys have solved a number of minor crimes, so somebody knows who you are. Um, they tell you if you come back later when the uh, when they're going through the rubble, you can assist if you want to, to see if we can figure out what happened so you go for breakfast um uh at the little i don't know the restaurant's called uh, the cafe's called russo's and uh you have eggs and ham and coffee and by the time you're finished uh you can see that most people have cleared out um people are getting ready for actual work um a few people are showing up for their businesses to pre-open them you know it's it's early we'll say it's about eight o'clock at this point and um the fire's out there's still some smoke uh and there's a lot of hose down stuff but uh you now can approach and you know the police chief and you know the the fire marshal I'd love to talk with the fire marshal and get his opinion on this gas fire. Yeah, okay. if I can get an official statement for the paper, it's from the fire, the, the marshal or the police chief. Okay. All right, so you're approaching them. Uh, what do you want to talk to? What do you want to ask? Um, I'll talk to the fire marshal. Okay, I'm the fire. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, Mr. Uh, Mac of free. Uh, what can I do for you? Oh, Jude. Um, well, does this look like an arson? Oh, not so far. It looks like a gas explosion. Uh, somebody was inside, though. What What do you mean? So, some, uh, I thought it was a jewelry store. It was five in the morning when the explosion went off. Yeah, it's a jewelry store. Um, uh looks like a female um we are contacting uh the uh the owners uh i'm going to get them out here to see if they can uh, figure this out the body's pretty pretty badly damaged do you think this could be some kind of a robbery gone bad 
I don't know. Doesn't feel like a robbery. Right. Uh, looks looks like it was a gas explosion. But no accelerant. No. No. Uh, you, you can you tell the point of origin of the fire? Well, he take he, you guys go inside now. Granted, it's wet, it's dirty, and it's messy, and, and you can see it's uh, it's shattered stuff. Um, uh, he thinks that it's a pipe. Uh, there's a pipe towards the back in the back room uh, that looks like it blew out, and uh, that's probably where the source of the fire came from. Um, uh, he shows you that. Uh, he shows you that there could be faulty electrical um, wiring that might have sparked it into life. Mm-hmm. When we um, go ahead. When we step in, is the jewelry still there? So I assume it would be melted, but is it all still there? Uh, it's it's not. They didn't usually leave the jewelry in the cases. Ah. Uh, they put it in boxes in the safe in the back. Um, hmm. You, if you want to go back and look at the safe, it's a large uh, freestanding safe. Um, it's not built in, uh, hmm. but it looks like it probably weighs, you know, a ton. Uh, it's at least, you know, eight feet or seven feet high and four feet wide. Um, it is slightly open. I'm not interested in the jewelry yet. Um, I would like to know the from the origin of the fire and the location of its one victim. Was she anywhere near? Was she in the, near the display cases? Was she back near the safe? It's uh, it seems difficult to tell at this time because she was literally, uh, you know, blown across the room, smashed against the wall. Um, fell to the ground. Um, you're welcome to uh, look at the body if you want to. It's covered up, and the the guard, the the policeman I've, that's standing there, is like green because I've I've seen enough bodies in my time with the Great War. I don't need to see another. Still I, let me. I, I will join others at the at the uh, safe if they're going to look into that. I, I'm going to ask the officer if I can look into the safe because if it was a lobby, there might be fingerprints or something. I don't want to mess that up. Yes, of course. Um, so inside the safe, there are still um, trays that contain jewelry. Um, the safe protected them enough that there's some that are near the near the gap in the door that might be slightly damaged, but more the or the 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 boxes that they're stored in uh, were damaged. Uh, it looks like the safe didn't blow up. It 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 must have been opened, um, and but it was never opened all the way, or it was partly opened. That could have been what this person was doing when the explosion occurred. There are uh, quite a few uh, jewelry uh, cases that are filled with jewelry. Um, uh, And there is also a 
folder, a looks like a leather bound um, sort of fan folder document up at the top that, well, a, a bag that contains documents. I hate to say it, but this just looks like a horrible accident. But what was this person doing here? Do they know who it is yet? It could just be someone opening up the store for the day. You're going back to put all the stuff up front and this explosion happened at the I same time. Why? I wonder. And do we know who owns this store? Was it a was it a woman? What time is the store open? Probably not until nine AM. It doesn't oh. take that long to take crazy jewelry out, and put them on display. I would ask the um, police chief if that there seems to be some documents in here um, might shed some light on who this person was. If there's a cop that we could, uh, you know, what do you call it? Uh, trail of evidence. <laughs> do the secret handshake. Yeah, that uh, they keep that. But if we could go to a table somewhere and look at the documents with the police. Uh, maybe there's a, you know, there might be an employee name. Do, do a luck roll. Um, yeah. It's 1920s. They really don't understand. Evidence. Uh, Find a pool of blood and they just say, uh, clean that up. <laughs> 17, on the, 17 on the luck check. All right. 45 luck. Well, the so police chief hard. knows you. He says, you know, you guys are considering yourselves, you know, enlisted to help solve the problem. So you've got the Corbin library across the street. Mm -hmm. uh, if you want to use that, um, mm -hmm. you know, just don't steal anything. No, You're like honest they, men. If they want to, if they want to send a patrolman with us to the, there or not, they trust you. Okay. Well, as they're in front of us, we show them we're taking documents out so that they have an idea. And then I would go to the cross street and start looking at it okay just before you leave a police car pulls up outside and um before the policeman can even get out of the police car the passenger side opens up and a man comes running out uh pretty much in hysterics uh and he runs up and he's like my god my god is she in there? And uh, takes them a minute to calm him down. Um, she she came down to open the store. I, I don't understand why she left so early, but she said that there was something that she had forgotten, and and she came down to the store. Oh my God, Valerie, Valerie! He runs in, and they kind of try to restrain him because the body is there on the floor under a tarp and they like you don't want to look Lex, oh my god my god lex walks away with the documents to the library before this guy can interrupt that flow i figure my fellow investigators are much more able to handle hysterical people all right so he's he's hysterical he's crying um He's like, what happened? What happened? How could this happen? 
that sir um uh, was that a a loved one uh um we it's were my, it's my wife i'm sorry sorry for your to hear that i'm sorry for your loss uh we uh we were close by when the accident happened um valerie valerie oh my god he says i was I was asleep. She uh, woke me up and said she was going down to the store. I don't even remember what she said. It was, I was half asleep. I don't usually come in until around eight. Oh my God, Valerie. He's, he's pretty much in, you know, shaking in hysterics. Did uh did your wife did she mention anything? Or did she seem like she was in a good mental state when she left? The, it seems like there was some kind of explosion. It could have been an accident. It could have been something else. Um, he's uh, do um do a psychoanalysis role to see if you can calm him down. Psychoanalysis? Yeah. Did you say psychology? <laughs> well, that's to see if he's. That's to see his state to to try to help him. He needs psychoanalysis. Okay, this is untrained. So let's see what you get. Ninety-one. Yeah. Um, yeah. Let's just go look at her. If it was your wife. <laughs> obviously, he's he's hysterical. Um, he's starting to calm down. He's starting to get that look in his face of hard stoicism, you know, like he's just shutting down. Um, the police, wow. the police decide maybe, you know, we can take you somewhere so that you can process this before we question you. Uh, but the story you get is he was asleep. She got up. She wanted to go down to the store to check on something. And he was, wasn't was even awake when the police got there. May I go back to the body to look at it? To sure. Try to. So you go over to the body. The. Um, the cop tells you to brace yourself because it's pretty horrific. Um, you uh, you uncover the body. Do a constitution roll. That's a seventy-seven out of fifty-five. Yeah, you. Uh, it's it's burnt human flesh, and it smells. And it smells oddly like the bacon that you just had at the store. And uh, it gets to you, and you have to kind of turn and, and throw up. Since so, I'm in the room, I would like to do a sanity roll because I'm not hard into that sort of thing at all. You can do that, yeah. Um, but Max also do a spot hidden for me. And the sanity? Um, yeah, you can do sanity. Perfect. That's a failure on sanity. Okay. Just, yeah, just take a couple rocks. of points if you fail the sanity. 
and the spot hidden is a failure. I'm going to wait. May I spend luck? Luck to reach a regular success. Uh, yes, of course. I'm going to spend 17 luck to make that a regular success. Okay. Hope you don't need that luck later. <laughs> um, despite the gruesomeness, despite the horror of it, you do notice something. She, as best as you can, the clothing is all completely burned away, but you think that she was wearing something around her neck, a piece of jewelry. You can see a chain that was partly melted. It might have been made out of gold because it melted so easily, uh, and it sort of has embedded itself in her skin. Uh, but at the end of it, it was a pendant, uh, so the, the marks of the where the gold are, are, are come down to a point. Um, and it looks like some sort of little cage thing, maybe with a jewel in the middle of it. The jewel is missing. Um, so it looks almost like an incomplete piece of jewelry, as if there's a framework for a jewel, but the jewel seems to be gone. Um, and... The, the the area of her chest right where that is seems more damaged as if whatever it was around her neck exploded. And then you can't stand to look at it anymore. Ignition source. This is most odd. Does somebody know anything about <laughs> speology or any kind of jewel making? I, I could have a look at it. I could appraise it. Well, it's it's destroyed, so it's it would have whole it would have held a something in there about the size of a marble. Um. Let's do a luck roll on everyone. Okay. No, just everybody can roll luck on their um, own. Even me who's headed to the library? Sure. That is a hard success. Eight versus 28. Right. Um, zero, three. Very nice. So 45, hard. that means, I think that's a, what an extreme. Yep. 96. I'm extremely lucky not to be there. So if you pass, raise your hand. Um, Wait, what was the number, Tom? Uh, it was uh, luck. But, but what, what, um, oh, oh, it's just a pass, right? Yeah. Yeah. Nope, fail. Okay. So those of you who, who passed that, you probably bought a wedding ring or something from Haywrights. Um, it's a fixture. It's been here for 50 years in the middle they of They sell lighters? Um, probably not. Probably just jewelry, rings and necklaces and things like that. Um, 
So you would know at least that it's family owned um, and that the only name you can think of is uh, Avery, Avery Haywright. Um, but he was an old man, you know, way back when, when you bought your jewelry. Um, and if you, if you got really good on your luck roll, you remember that he died uh, not too long ago, like last year or so. When I see the group again, yeah, I would definitely tell them, oh, yeah, Avery died in, you know, September yeah. last year, heart attack. Yeah. So Lex is heading over to the library with the documents. What do the rest of you want to do? I think I was trying to comfort this gentleman, the, the husband. Yeah. Um, they've decided to take him back home and uh, let him rest, and then they'll probably have to ask him questions later. But at the moment, he's just too shooken up. I'm taking um, notes for the paper for my article. I'll try to catch up with Lex before, but before I do, I want to pass the police chief or fire marshal a bunch of tickets to the museum. You know, tell, <laughs> say thank you for your service. Always business. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> sure. And Ken? I think I'm actually kind of curious about what Max said earlier. He said he saw that kind of figure going into the cemetery nearby. I kind of wanted to, it seems like everybody's got this under control over here. I was thinking of strolling down the street and looking and poking around in the cemetery to see if I could see anything there. Okay. So let's do that first. You go down to the cemetery and you start looking around. Um, it's an old cemetery. It's been here at least probably 200 years. Um, lots of very elaborate gravestones, lots of moss growing on them. Um, and a lot, a lot of names that you, last names that you recognize, prominent families, um, not so many bishops as, you know, places like Innsmouth, uh, not so many marshes as Innsmouth, uh, but, um, there's, you know, probably some Waits and, and Abernathy's and a bunch of other names that, you know, fairly not normal families. But you don't see anything in particular out of the ordinary. There's no marks in the grass. There's no, no damage done. Uh, let's see. Um, Uh, Lex, you get to the library and you see uh, uh, Alexander uh, running up from behind. Um, Max I, I figured and, I wanted to make sure the documents came out so we can investigate it. Yeah. I don't handle hysterical people well or bodies. So, Max and Jude, are you joining them as well? Yeah, I don't think I saw where Ken went. So I'll just head back to the library. I will okay. head uh, uh, back with them. But before I want to rapidly do two things, I want to sketch the pendant from memory. I'm not going to look again at the body. <laughs> and I want to 
but I imagine I sketched something akin of a kid's levels drawing of this supposed figure I've seen the day before. Okay. And I'm going to follow with them. Well, you saw it just a few hours ago. Yeah. 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 Just so the, still the memory is fresh. Right. Yeah. The best thing you can think of is it, it's kind of like it was bigger than a human. Um, it walked on all fours. Uh, it looked, I mean, it was the size of a big bear, but it was thin like, uh, like a wolf. So like a bear wolf that had underslung jaws and big gigantic claws on its, on its paw, on its feet. Uh, and that flame blue eye, it all seemed to be sort of bathed in like blue flame. Like, uh, like the, you think of the last time you had, uh, crepe Suzette, uh, you think of the flames of, around it um all right so uh lex you get into the library and you open up this folder and the first thing that you find is uh this tormentry travel bureau 5310 west 81st street lower manhattan new york specializing in East European travels since 1897. Dear Mr. Burton, please find enclosed your travel itinerary. Be aware that your liner leaves pending uh, last tied on the noted date. Uh, unfortunately, we are unable to yet confirm the name of the liner on which you will be uh, completing or completed your return voyage. Although we will advise you of this on arrival in Vladivostok, we wish your journey is a pleasant and safe one and do hope you find Russia an exciting and wondrous country. Yours sincerely, Peter Dormitry, uh, Travel Manager, Dormitry Travel Bureau. Do I know who Mr. Burton is? Is that potentially the new store owner? Or the old? Um, you don't know for sure. Once again, the Burton family is a fairly prestigious family in town. Um, but you don't know for sure. You don't know why it would be in their safe if hmm. it wasn't related in some way. The um, second thing you find is this. And you, unless you know the language, <laughs> you have no idea what it says. No. Um, Is I it... hand it around to everybody else and ask, hey, do you guys recognize this language? They were talking uh, Russia before, uh, but yeah, I don't speak that or read it. Is this uh, Cyrillic writing? I'm gonna assume it's not Latin. Uh, no. It is. Okay. It is Cyrillic. As far as you, I mean, you've probably you don't know the language, but you, you've probably seen examples of Cyrillic. Do we happen to know anybody that's uh, Russian? 
hmm, you don't really know anybody that's Russian, but if if you're looking for a translation, a translator, oh, you do have Miskatonic University, so somebody oh, might be teaching. Um, you also find another. The other stuff that you're finding is not really important, um, but you do yeah, also find this like piece that. as well. Mm -hmm. But a lot of sales receipts and things along those lines. Correct. Yeah, uh, another thing I can't read, guys. I think we need to go to Miskatonic U and find someone who can read it. Do I know anyone at the museum or anyone in Miskatonic who would speak that language, speak Russian? Um, to a luck roll. It's on the floor, so <laughs> I will. <laughs> I will view all the time. It happens. Runaway dies. Let's say 96, so no. Yeah, you don't. Man, but they must have a language department at the university, so. They have visitors. We can get all the bad rolls out now. <laughs> I'm asking because I am from the university pursuing a PhD, so I imagine I probably heard of... I'm more recently from university, or that doesn't count. No, I mean, you, you can do a lock roll to see if you know somebody at the university directly. Oof, I was hoping for an intelligence lock. It'll be a hard success. Okay. Wow. Amazing. Um, you're pretty sure there's a Professor Kokolov um, at the university that uh, that's a Russian scholar. Do we need to bring vodka? You know, um, I don't think he's that kind of teacher. Oh. But, <laughs> but um, yeah, I'm going to share with the others what I know. And um, I do believe he will be able to help us. All I know are the symbols from mathematical formulas. The Russians have to keep from the Greeks. Greeks have put a lot of bad letters in mathematics. So, mm -hmm. yeah. What kind of uh, office hours does he keep? Well, it's a it's a it's a school day, so he should be there. Mm -hmm. Well, it's what it's uh, just after eight nine o'clock now, so mm -hmm. we could it's probably head there. Uh, short short walk from the library. Okay. <laughs> well, my my car's right over there. We can probably get to get to Miskatonic very quickly. Yeah, you can. In fact, you could. It's just one one or two blocks over, I think. Oh yeah, but so. it's been a long day. Yeah. Yeah, you guys are quite tired. All right. Oh, I... So you move on over to Biscatonic University. Um it's a it's a fairly compact campus. It's not huge. Um it doesn't take you long to find the uh to find the languages department. Um and uh, as you arrive, uh, you ask somebody, where, where can I find uh, Mr. Kokolov? Um, they yeah, send I you to his... I let someone else carry these two documents because this is more their wheelhouse than mine. Okay. So they have the, the Russian documents with them. I should also mention that the sort of brown document seems very old. 
Um, the other document seems like it's written on a modern uh, piece of paper. Has, or kind of ripped out of something. Has Ken returned to us? Oh, uh, yeah, I'm sure he did. Yeah, okay. I'm, I'm back at this point. You can report that uh, there's nothing really that unusual in the lie in the the cemetery. All right, so you you get to um, Kokolov's just as a class is letting out, uh, and you see him inside. You step through the door, and he's like, "Oh dear, well, please, please, what can I do for you?" Well, Professor, we have a little bit of a mystery. Um, we have some old documents. We we're hoping that maybe you could help us translate. Hmm. Uh, well, show me, show me what you've got. Which one did you want to hand him first? Well, this is Russian, but this is old. I oh. mean, this looks like some kind of a manifest or something. Oh my goodness, what do you have here? Um, uh, he takes it from you uh, and sets it on the desk, and immediately he's like, uh, where, where did you get this? It's very old. And he immediately puts gloves on his hand, his Should hands. We should we put it in a museum? Uh, if it's as old as it looks, uh, let me let me take a look at this. Oh my goodness! This is this is not modern Russian. This is Slavonic, a very old form of the Slavonic. I am I am uh, perplexed. It's quite old. Um, can I translate it? Yes, but it's going to take me a while. I, I'm thinking the period that this is from is at least 400 years old. Um, very rare. Um, where did you get such a thing? Just down the street here. There was a, uh, I'm, I'm sure you heard it if you were nearby. There was an explosion in the jewelry store. And oh, I heard there was calling. an explosion. Yeah, the whole place burned down, and uh, we found these documents in the safe there. Um, we're not really sure what they mean yet or if it has any connection to what happened, but we're assisting the police trying to make sure that there wasn't any foul play going on there. It's extraordinary. Um, I, uh, it will take me, I'll have to look through some lexicons. It will take me definitely a few hours to well, translate. Another piece of paper we had, too. It looked a little more modern. Can you parse anything out of this one first? This, uh, this small document here. Um, this is much more modern. Um, it looks, it looks familiar to me, like it's some uh, passage that has been copied out of a book. Um, the book is um, something written by Sergei uh, Romantov, uh, "The Darkness of the North." I think is the name of the book. Um, it's about Russian folklore. Uh, you might find a, a, an English copy somewhere in the library, the Miskatonic library. Uh, what it says is, um, it's speaking of an old myth, a uh, Russian myth, about the sons of Valles, uh, or Volos, depending on which translation you're going with. Uh, the sons of Volos are the guardians of the soul, guides to the afterlife, 
to possess their secret sanctum ensures a safe passageway to God. Um, they are born from their father's love of all that is good in the world. Their sanctums are small, and they never leave them unless the owner dies. Then they emerge to carry the soul to God or to avenge a wrongful death. Oh, no. Like a guardian angel, kind of? Well, yeah, they, they don't really have the, this mythology. They don't really have such mm -hmm. ideas of angels, but... Um, I'm sure there is, I, I can't remember the entire myth, but um, I believe Pelas and uh, Volos are major pre-Christian deities in Russia. Um, but this is pagan, not Christian? No. Would, uh, would I know more or know anything more with an occult? Unless you studied you know, Russian. This uh, one, this one doesn't trigger it. Okay, mythology. Um, no, you'll probably find more interest, more more information on this. This is very strange. Why? Why is this this mythology coming up? Um, check in the library uh, for uh, the book, the uh, the book that I mentioned, uh, the Darkness of the North. Yeah, I think uh, while he's translating that, this is probably the best thing we can do. I think we're going to need coffee. What about this uh, shipping manifest? This uh, this return trip. Um, where does it uh, that could that have any connection? The city, I believe it was. I don't. I don't remember it. But New York I'll, City. No, Vladivostok. Vladivostok. Oh, that. Yeah. Well, that's in Russia. Where is that, though? Um, Russia's uh, a big place. My good sir, Professor Kokolov. Yes. Um, do these myths have any kind of representation? Have they ever been described? Has somebody ever claimed to have seen such a creature? I have no idea. It's... Uh... It's um, certainly uh, it's a mythology. Uh, Vladivostok is uh, in southeastern Russia, almost in Korea. Is it like a like a port? It's a, a port uh, city. Yes, a shipping okay. Okay. closer to Japan. Would have been a long trip. Well, I mean, there, uh, there could be some connection to the jewelry or something. I mean, don't a lot of diamonds come from Siberia, places like that? Do we know, was the Latin. jewelry owners, were they Russian? The people who owned that store? The Hayrights? No. Oh, Doesn't okay. sound Russian. Okay. okay. Well, you know, but I mean, the, it, sometimes people make names that are Anglicans, like... Uh, uh, I have some some relatives that were French, and they changed their name from Javier to Xavier when they moved to England. And it, sometimes people change their names to, That's you know, true. cover the tracks. Well, those of you who have bought jewelry at that store remember uh, Avery Haywright wasn't he was a white bread American. Oh. 
as far as you know, with a probably a heavy Bostonish accent. But a lot of May platinum comes from Russia. Maybe they were, you know, holding this stuff for a friend while he was on a trip. Um, while he went to Russia, maybe he went there already, and this is just a letter he left behind. Well, I think we should try to find this book. Yeah, let's head down to the Gorn Library and see what we can find. Right. He says, yes, I'll be here. Uh, we'll come back in about three hours, see what we can do. I'll give okay. him a museum ticket. I have a few <laughs> of them. Oh, I go to the museum all the time. That uh, saber-toothed tiger you have is very interesting. We appreciate your help, sir. Thank you very much. All right. Down to the library you go. Um, what exactly do you want to look for first? The uh, book. Maybe, book. Yeah, the book the professor mentioned. Okay. I recommend we split our efforts while... Uh, you had a very great idea to search for the book. I will try to search for these myths I have written Russian down. Russian mythology? Yeah, yeah. Okay. I have written down uh, phonetically <laughs> how they sound. Okay. So let's do... Um, you're looking if for... you want to search in on Burton... Like a person that was mentioned in his travels, whether he might, we might find any information on him, whether it's in the papers or, uh, you know, who's who. You look through the, the newspapers? I'll look, I'll look for the, uh, stuff on the hay rights too in the newspapers. Okay. Okay. So, Let's start with um, let's start with Max. Uh, do a library roll. Twenty versus sixty. Okay, that's pretty good. Um, so as you are looking, you do find a section on uh mythologies um and you find uh find some references in a book to uh two russian deities perhaps the most popular russian deities from before christianity began and uh, this is what you find veles and perun are two deities found in the re religion of the slavs prior to the coming of christianity the pre-Christian Slavs were polytheists, okay, worshipped the pantheon of deities just like the ancient Greeks and Romans. Compared to the Greeks and Romans, however, the deities in religion of the pre-Christian Slavs are generally less well known. Some Slavic deities, apart from Veles and Perun, include Dabog, regardless, a progenitor of the Slavs, Stribog, a god whose grandchildren are said to be all of the winds, and Morana, the goddess of winter. Amongst them, uh, amongst these gods, only Veles and Perun were commonly respected and worshipped by all the Slavic tribes. Veles, spelled also as Volos, was a forest god who appeared most often as a bear, although he is thought to be capable of shape-shifting into, wait, 
to move it. Okay. The shape shifting into other types of animals as well. One possible explanation for the representation of Veles as a bear is that this animal was regarded as the king of the animals. However, in the belief system of the Southern Slavs, Veles was regarded as the lord of all wolves and was seen as a wolf god. He has also appeared as a great serpent, a disguised he used to hide from his enemy, Perun. Perun, for all intents and purposes, is the god of thunder and lightning. He is also a god of light who resides at the crown of the world tree. According to the myth, Veles abducted Perun's wife and children and took them down into the roots of the world tree, the underworld. Enraged, Perun chased him, hurling lightning bolts. Veles transformed into a serpent and went in and out of the earth in order to hide. It is said, any time a lightning bolt hits the earth, it is a place where Veles chose to hide. Perun is often said to represent order, while Veles represents chaos. Veles has often been associated with other deities, such as Loki in Romantov's Darkness of the North, and Nyarlathotep, I guess something Egyptian, the crawling chaos in von Junts Unasprochlichen Kulten. You also find uh, representations of Veles in various depictions. Right, so that's what you find. Uh, which you will later share with everyone else. Um, so who's looking for the darkness of the north? Oh, that's me. Okay. Uh, you eventually find it. Uh, it's a fairly large volume. Uh, you thumb through it to look for a particular thing, and you finally start to discover passages concerning uh, Veles, the Darkness of the North, Stories from Russian Folklore, by Sergei Romantov. The sons of Velas, the guides of death, the guardian of guardians of the soul, the bringers of revenge. The sons of Velas are known by all these names, and yet the people of Russia do not fear them. Many of the old stories tell deeds of men that would go unpunished. How the Slavs killed the Cossack and the Magyar slaughtered the Chechens, or how women and children were rode down by horses or burnt in their homes. But at the same time, all that knew that the passing of these men's lives, they would at, la at last pay for their sins, not of course by any mortal means, but instead to Velas, the god of the underworld, who as punishment for their crimes would not allow them to sleep eternal. Yet Velas hated the chaos man wrought upon each other and wished rather that they danced or sang, made merry or made love. Above all, he loved animals and those that treated flocks and herds with the respect that they deserved, for was it not the herds that fed man? As a reward to those men and women who cherished his creatures, he gave them a gift, a stone in which resided a son of Veles. This stone, although precious in life, was more so in death, as on the, pa the passing of his mortal life, the son that resided within awoke and guided the departed to the loving arms of Bellas, safe from those evil souls that still tried so hard to reach the underworld. Unfortunately, today these stones are long gone, vanished like those that worship Bellas. The sons of Bellas, large and immensely strong, 
they were said to have guided the dead in the form of a wolf. Invisible during the day, they always return at night to complete their one and only task. In all the stories that speaks uh, of them, there is but one that tells this tells of a son of Velas being stopped from completing its task. That tale speaks of an evil man of his, on his deathbed who, by some vicious deed, had acquired a stone of Velas. Now a local woodsman learned of his crime against Velas and prayed to the god for guidance. Velas, being a loving and caring god, heard these prayers and came to the woodsman, who in turn explained what had happened. Upon hearing this, Velas was full of sorrow, for although he did not wish for the evil man to enter the underworld, he knew his son would not be stopped from fulfilling his task, even if his father wished it. The woodsman then asked if nothing could defeat his son of Belus, and the god cried out in sadness, yes, he did know a way of defeating his son, but he loved him almost as much as he loved mankind, so was loath to tell. Yet Velas, the god, had little choice, and evil soul could not enter the underworld without balance and peace being lost in the underworld. <clears throat> or peace being lost in the world. And so with tears in his eyes, told the woodsman the secret of his son's demise, or of his own son's demise. That night, as the evil man died, the woodsman lay in wait. And as the son of Ellis arose from his slumber, the woodsman did as the god bid. Big and fearsome, although the son was, the woodsman challenged him. With prism of mirrors, he dared to show the sun its true reflection. Stunned then, the woodsman raised his bow and lit the head of, of one of his arrows, taking aim not to miss the, the woodsman, let fly, striking the sun in the heart. And how did the sun cry out? His task could not be completed. As it fled back to the arms of his father, it vowed that from that day forth, its brothers would hunt down to the ends of the earth, those that harmed the bearers of their stones, so never again would a son fail in its task, and Velas wept. Did we find anything in the newspapers? Oh, yeah. So when you look in the newspapers, it takes you a while. Um, in fact, roll a, I'll say roll a 1D. I want to do a 1D2, but, you know, do a 1D4 and cut it in half. That's a two, so just one. So it, okay. So it takes you just about an hour of searching and searching and searching, and you do find the names. So Avery Haywright passed away in 1923. He is survived by his daughter, Valerie Haywright, and her husband, John Burton. Um, uh, you also find some mention that Valerie Burton, uh, that Valerie Haywright and John Burton were married, um, and that they attended a number of uh, hoity-toity parties, um, you know, during you know the festival season or whatever. Um, and as far as you know, the two of them continue to own and operate the uh, Haywright jewelry, but it was her father's store not John's. Did they potentially honeymoon in Russia? No, they uh, they honeymooned in I don't know, 
Sunny California. I have no idea where they They probably went to Europe because, you know. Sunny, sunny San Francisco. Went on the Orient Express. Mm-hmm. Um, but other than that, I mean, they're, the Burtons are a far more prominent family than the Haywrights. Uh, but the Haywrights owned the jewelry store. You probably also see advertisements in those newspapers for the Hayride Jewelry Store. Are you getting married? Do you need a ring? Do you have that flame in your heart? (laughs) All right. Um, Anything else before you end up going back upstairs? Um, So we we get together and share all that information, though? Mm -hmm. Um, I I noticed something. If I'm not allowed to, you can tell me, or I can make a roll. But he showed me the the first book. I rec I one of those symbols looked like something on that old piece of paper. Yes, it did. One of the symbols of Velas. So I want to point that out to everybody. I like didn't that look like that parchment the professor was looking at? There was the symbol, like the kind of that medallion. I'm afraid I didn't have a proper look at it, but take your word for it. No, I'll show it to me again. What about you, Max? Now that you mention it, I don't know. It's it's a little bit similar. I couldn't yeah. really look that much to it because I was horrified of the sight. But that's that's the symbol there on the medallion, mm-hmm. and on the paper that the uh, professor is looking at upstairs. Uh, looks like that. Yeah, see on the top, the inverted triangle and the little uh, dish above it. It's that same symbol. Oh, yes. That's correct. We, we left that. We left that with the professor. I know. I just remembered it. Lex, uh, Lex will take off. He's going to go to a drugstore, you know, or I think I can get some sandwiches for everybody. And in the process of, you know, while I'm at the five and dimes uh, counter, I will also pick up five handheld mirrors, you know, that women would hold in front of them and be able to brush their hair, but, you know, that have a handle. Uh, I pick up five of those. Okay. Sandwiches for everybody. Uh, and I bring a, you know, an extra sandwich or two for the uh, professor who's doing translations. All right. Maybe some bottles of Coke. I think Coke existed back then, right? Oh, yeah. And they're at the, um, uh, the university is surrounded by little cafes and restaurants. So, and uh, convenience stores. All right. So you head on back upstairs. After you've waited maybe three hours, you've done your research, you've got your sandwiches. Um, you go back up to uh, Professor Kokolov's room, and uh, he's uh, sitting behind his desk. He has a number of very large tomes around him uh, that look like they are uh, written in Russian. Um, and as you come in, uh, he he's staring intently at this, uh, writing in onto another piece of paper. 
and he looks up and he sees you and he says, oh, yes, yes, come, come. Um, you asked earlier if this should be in a museum. This is most interesting. Um, I have written, I think, a fairly good translation. It seems to be an account of uh, something that took place during a, a war, something 400 years ago. Um, and it also mentions your uh, this deity you were asking about. Um, here, let me give you the translation, uh, and you can read it. Translation for Arcane Society. And as night fell, we could hear it coming. Bellus, the guide of the dead, its arrival proved only that one of us was the killer of the Cossack girl. This was the proof. If the guide came, then we could not deny that one of us had gone back and had killed her, revenge for the deaths of our own children. It came like lightning to the house, a sundering apart the braced door, its eyes like black pools of chaos. It searched for the killer, Jacques. Why did he do it? And yet for all his begging, it did no good as Bellus ripped him in two. And nor, and nor did we stop him. No, for none desired to be guided as well. But then turned on Dimitri and Baris. Why, oh why? It seemed that all those who witnessed it became souls it desired. And then was my turn, unable to stop the beast. I, too, was dead. I awoke at dawn a week later to the discoverer of Cossacks, had found my shattered body, and saved my life. Yet although I healed in time, it took me seasons to walk, forever cursed never to forget the son of Ellis, ever. I, I don't understand what this is or how it could relate to the explosion down the street, but uh, that is pretty much what it says. Would um, the Cossacks, would they have some kind of, uh, they're an older people, right? Like I've heard of Cossacks hunting Jews in uh, in Russia, that they, they have some kind of territorial claim. Would they, would that be, um, who would this God be associated with? Well, once again, this is pre-Christian, pre-Christian God. Um, the 400 years ago, Russia was uh, fully Orthodox Christian, so I don't know. These people here who wrote this, whoever wrote this, apparently believed as well. Doesn't seem very Christian. This may be from some story written by someone. I don't know. I can't tell, but it seems very much like it's in handwriting, so. Any, um, with a history role, well, could I determine of any wars or any major events 400 years ago in Russia that would potentially relate to this? Only if you have Russian history. Ah, uh, okay. Which you I might don't. not. Yeah. Nope. Well, gentlemen, thank you for the sandwich. <laughs> thank you, for, thank your you help. for your help. We'll say that it's now about, oh, I don't know what, 2 p.m.? I hand out later on as when we leave, I give each of my fellow investigators a gift. I give them a mirror. I suggest they keep it on their person. If 
this occult story is at all correct, it might come in handy. I also make sure that I have my camera uh, in my car that has, you know, the powdered flash for, you know, light and whatnot, whatever it uses. I think it's, you know, it does some form of flash. I appreciate the gift, but I don't think we should operate on the assumption that this myth is real. Yeah, fiery I, arrows and I, I, pull, I pull aside my suit coat and show my thirty-eight. I understand and I agree, but I'll be prepared either way. Okay, as long as we don't go you know, finding fire arrows, I'm fine. What do you want to do next after you leave the professor? Well, this all seems very Old Testament uh, revenge and pagan gods. Uh, just. Well, do you think the husband might now be stable enough to handle questioning? I think we oh. should speak to him about it. His name was on the travel arrangements, Burton. We read the. We read the passage about it guiding people to the underworld, and Max claimed to see it in the graveyard. Do you think we should, you know, I, considering someone is impersonating this myth, do you think we should go back to the graveyard at night? Well, well, if they Max, continue this impersonation. Absolutely. What, what, you like, said that you saw it. it. Did it go towards a headstone? Did it? Did it pick a you know a crypt or something like? It's, they mentioned um, ferrying the dead to the afterlife. Uh, there could it, there be some connection with the graveyard? Did it go to well, the, the graveyard? That's for sure. Uh, it also doesn't really help that it's it was wearing this. Um, it's almost like a um, Romanian tradition back at back at my uh, motherland, where they wear this wolf suit on them, so they mimic a wolf that is trying to eat sheep from a flock. Um, I believe it's an impersonator. I completely agree with Alexander, um, but it seems that it knows of this legend because it looked like a wolf or like a bear or something in between very similar well you know this um the the owner he doesn't know that we have all this uh, okay. i wonder he, how he'd react if we brought it up that and the the is the previous owner buried in that cemetery right uh avery yeah probably mm -hmm. yeah i was just wondering if uh that was anywhere you saw this thing going. something. If this is some kind of tale of revenge, you know, a, a dark god blowing up a jewelry store to get revenge. Uh, I, I mean, I, I keep thinking that we're going to pull the mask off of somebody wearing a wolf costume at some point, and you know, it reminds me of that old um, that old story with the. The, the adventurers and their 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 mystery um uh boat they um, pull them they pull the masks off of the the villain at the end 
Oh, the pulp novel. Yes, right. I remember that. And he could have, and he would have gotten, and would have gotten away with it if it wasn't from those meddling kids. Right, right. That's the one. So I, I agree with your line of thinking. Maybe this is revenge or an attack, but maybe they're just impersonating the myth because I don't know why this particular myth, but um. Nobody's going to believe when people, when they say they saw whatever you saw, fur coat dressed old lady leaving a fire. So it but could it be just someone impersonating it. Why didn't any of us see them? Last time I checked, fur coats were very flammable. Yeah. Well, that, and, uh, you know, it could be, could still partially be a robbery, right? Because the, you guys mentioned that the wife was, uh, had something around her neck. That could have been a big gemstone. I mean, they do deal in gems. Maybe it's... Maybe the thief was targeting that in particular. Again, I don't know how we didn't see them or how they got away, but... Well, Max uh, saw it. Check out the cemetery. I didn't see any signs of well, any trespass there. We just assume that it's a thief, but does... you uh, Whoever looked in the safe, was there anything missing? No, it didn't look well, like it. all the jewelry was still there. It was full. If if I if somebody is impersonating the myth, okay, I don't believe it's this ancient spirit, but I do believe that if they impersonate this myth, they probably knew something of the owners or something. It's a revenge story. Mm -hmm. I don't believe it's a petty robbery. Right. I don't know. I believe that they probably knew something, the perpetrator. We need to go to question the husband. Right. It's like when the it's like when the mafia wraps up a fish in a newspaper and then delivers it to somebody. It's a message. Let's 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 talk to him. Yeah, I think we have to at this point. Okay. Um, do you want to do anything? Well, do you know where he lives? Oh. Well, we know the we know the police chief, right? The one who took them took him off. Yes. Somewhere. We do. Did we find it in the papers? <laughs> I haven't written the article yet. <laughs> um, the only only thing in the newspapers concerning the Haywrights would give the address of their shop, which do you know where that is? Is it in the documents we picked up? Can we look back through it, see if there's like I don't know. Just a dual luck one. Uh, nope. Yeah, you didn't Not see it in any of the documents. It was just the uh, business address. Can I just well, try and for all we know, up? he's in some mental institution somewhere. Uh, we should contact the, the police inspector. What did you say, Ken? I was going to see if, the, if we could just contact them on the phone, ask the operator to find, to call Tim Burton and knock him for us, and if he picks up the phone, we'll ask him if we can come over, return his documents. We'd like to speak to him. Okay. I don't think Tim Burton's here, but... Uh, what did I, I say? <laughs> he said Tim Burton. Uh, <laughs> He's busy making weird movies. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, there's there's definitely phones on the university uh, campus before you leave. Um, you want to call the operator? Yeah, exactly. Arkham operator, what can I do for you? 
uh, I thought it was, it was, was it Jim? What was his name? I thought it was Tim. John. Jim Gurton? Tom? John. John. Okay. I'm close. <laughs> uh, yes, I'd, I'd like a, I'm trying to speak with a, with a John Burton here in Arkham, Massachusetts. Uh, John Burton. Um, yes. Um, I've got that number and she gives it to you. I'll take that down and, and, and give him a ring, see if he picks up. All right. Uh, it rings, it rings, it rings, it rings. Five times, no answer. That's it. Well, if he's home, he's not picking the phone. Let's call the, let's call the police uh, inspector. All right. Um, you call the police inspector. Uh, police. Yes, um, this is uh, Jim McCaffrey. Um, we're looking for the individual, the uh, Jim Jim Burton. He's involved with the. Um, messing up the name. I mean John. Uh, John. <laughs> John Burton. <laughs> is it? We're we're looking for. If we we're trying to track him down. We have some of his documents, um, and uh, he was taken away from the explosion this morning. Oh, the explosion! Yeah, um, you're looking for what? The address? Well, we just wanted to make sure he's not in the asylum or 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 anything. We tried his home, and he's not answering. Um, well, I don't know. Uh, I can give you his address. Okay, so that's that's fine. That's that'll work. He gives you his address. Okay. Uh, it is in the wealthier area of town. Um, what they would call the, I can't remember the name of that part of town. I've got it covered up on my wall over there. It's in the ritzier part of town. Um, all right, so you have that. Anything else before you go? Do we want to take one quick look at the cemetery before we start heading off to the nice part of town? Sure. Yeah, and that might be a good idea to see if uh, somewhere where you lost sight of the wolf. Right. More eyes Her. looking for uh, tracks. It, it can't hurt. Okay. It was early in the morning. To see if, uh, to see if uh, the former owner is buried nearby. So you... You drive from the uh, university over onto Main Street, and you start heading uh, heading in the direction of the cemetery, which will take you once again by um, by your library, the Corbin Library, and the uh, the Haywrights exploded building. You can see that it's you know sort of cordoned cordoned off. They've put up some barriers. Uh, they've cleaned up the street. You can see the scorch marks all over the building. Um, Do we see if uh, the owner's walking the leftovers now that he's may or may not be sane? Well, what you do see is there are two people standing in front of the broken, blown-out window. Um, one of them is an older-looking gentleman uh, dressed in a very nice suit, and the other one is a young man. Uh, looks like he's maybe... Jeez, he doesn't look like he could be 20 years old. Um, also dressed in a very nice suit. They're both sort of standing there looking into the building. Um, 
you can't tell. They don't look like looky loos. They look like they're they're standing there having a conversation with one another. Possibly insurance. You guys want to stop and go and try to listen in on what they're talking about? Yeah, I am curious. Maybe if we just nonchalantly walked past. Yeah. It won't hurt the stop. While they do that, I will try to stealth up into the bushes nearby. Okay. And listen. It is main street, so there's not too much in the way of bushes, but yeah. um, around the corner of the building. Hold a newspaper open. Yeah, uh, you look nonchalant like you're supposed to be there on the street. Um so do a do a listen roll. Oh, I'm not bad at it, but uh, yeah, no, I'm mine's terrible. 94. Anyone else want to do listen rolls? I, I think nobody else has it. I can spend two luck for a success. That'd be great. Yep, <laughs> I'll okay. try. Yeah, go ahead and move on. Nope. Okay, oh, wow. so I got 37 out of 35, so I'll spend two luck to make that a success. So, and I, I, I'm good in these skills. I'm really the, good uh, these skills. You know, the, the ambient sound of the town that's now wide awake and people are working, and um, you can definitely hear other people uh, talking about, you know, oh, my God, what happened? You know, the place blew up. Uh, but these two in front, they seem to be at first pretty stoic. They're standing there silently next to each other looking in. And uh, the, the one guy, the, the really young guy, um, um, he looks up at the, the other fellow and he says, well, what are we going to do now? And uh, the older gentleman says, well, we're just going to have to find some other form of employment. Guys, want to do the um, the kid looks like he couldn't. He he looks like he's right out of high school. Someone want to go talk to him? They maybe employees who are looking at their livelihood that just disappeared. I'll go ahead. Yeah, I'll go up and talk to them. I'll introduce, I'll introduce myself as Alexander Huxley with the Miskatonic University Museum. Um, the older and gentleman says, and I'm Alexander Lex Leiter. Uh The older gentleman uh, introduces himself. I am a uh, Lawrence Cabot. Um, he shakes your hand, and this is Carl Carl West. Um. I'm afraid. I'm afraid we're we're not uh, open for business <laughs> today. Yeah, we were, we were in the library this morning, or coming out of the library, when we heard the explosion. We were just, you know, a block or so away. Oh. Yes, I heard it was something terrible. rather bad. Yeah. Were you uh, employed there? Uh, yes, I've been employed there. The older gentleman says I've been employed there for 
um, 30 years. And uh, young Mr. West here is an apprentice. He was just learning the uh, the job. Um, and unfortunately, it well, all ends like that. Well, said the wife got, sorry, the husband said that the wife got up to come back to the store this morning early that she had forgotten something there. Could you think what that may have been? Not not a clue. Usually they don't uh, roll around until about eight uh, for opening at nine. Mm -hmm. uh, usually I get in there right at eight and I'm the one that puts out all of the, the displays. Sorry, Alexander, I interrupted you when you were also asking a question. Um, well, I was just going to say, if you need a line of work, the Miskatonic University Museum always has work for you to do, if, even if it's temporary. It's similar well, it's, experience with valuables. Well, that's very kind of you. Yes, I might look into that. One, one has worked for so long for this place. Uh, I'm used to uh, a certain way of conducting myself, one that I'm, I'm was teaching Mr. West here. Um, if it's any solace, it looks like the uh, uh, jewelry itself was not damaged and was still in the safe. So well, it's talking about a building that maybe business may open up in the future. It's going to... It's going to take a while to get this. Uh, I'm not sure that uh, that uh, Mr. and Mrs. Uh, Bolton are up to it. Um, we're at, I don't know if you know us, but we've uh, at times worked uh, cases with the police. And uh, we found some uh, Russian notes would you happen to have run into any russian customers or visitors to the store oh, you found some notes uh do you mean um uh, mr bolton recently got back from a trip to russia oh uh that would explain it do you uh uh, know when and why he was there? He Probably seems a month to ago. It's really hard. Well, and you don't want to intrude on him yet. Well, it's their business. Uh, mm -hmm. Certainly, uh, certainly quite a, a shock. Um, you know, they've they've got their money that they you know they they don't have all their money invested in this business. Um, Mr. Bolton traveled to Russia to look for. Uh, new and interesting pieces uh, for his shop. Um, he he took over doing that sort of thing when uh, Avery, Mr. Mr. Haywright, passed away. Um, but uh, uh, that was his reason for the trip. Mm -hmm. um, did you notice the, um, the wife wearing some form of necklace recently that may or may have been new? Uh, Mrs. Bolton? Um, yeah. I, she often wears very nice pieces. 
uh, from the shop. Um, I I do believe um, there was something that she was wearing uh, recently. Uh, I believe something that her husband gave her. Uh, it's yeah. going to take them a while to recover now. At least their inventory is ready. This has been a, a tragic accident. It's terrible. Well, have they said anything about enemies or people who they've had previous disagreements with? Well, I'm, I'm sure they they don't have any enemies. Um, I'd like you all to do a, a knowledge roll, or a, let's call it. Yeah, hope that works. Yeah, it's an int check. Oh, I actually don't tell I have a lot of int. That is a success for me. Yeah, um, just that's, merely a, a success. That's uh, an extreme. Out of 80. Um, those of you who passed, it suddenly starts to dawn on you, listening to these this these these two speak. You don't think they know that Valerie is dead. Because they've been talking about them recovering from this loss, this fire. Oh, yeah, they don't. But they somebody hasn't written the newspaper. Article. <laughs> 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 yeah. So you realize that they don't realize that she's dead. Um, when was the last time that you uh, saw both uh, uh, Mr. and Mrs. Burton? Well, yesterday. Closing time? Yes, I'd say so, yes. Yeah. Um, any uh, conversation, anything you might have noticed in the store at the time frame? Any smell of gas, anything along those lines? Um, any, any um, you know, conversations happening between the couple? So Lawrence, the older gentleman, um, he he answers you in a very proper sort of manner, like you don't talk about your employers, you know. Um, so he says, I'm 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 sure nothing like that. Um, but you look at Carl. And Carl sort of gives him a look mm -hmm. and then back at you, like Carl being a teenager is keeping his mouth shut only because um, Lawrence is standing next to him. But yeah, you definitely get the idea that there's more to that story than Yes. Uh, Cabot seems like he's far too Lawrence Cabot seems like he's far too proper an individual to ever say anything disparaging about his employers. Lawrence, perhaps have you surveyed the damages yet? Have you gone inside? Well, they won't let us in. The police have uh, uh, cordoned it off. I don't understand why. Um, and I, I haven't contacted Mr. or Mrs. Bolton. Um, I'm sure they're trying to figure out what to do at this point. Well, we have, uh, we have, we, we've been allowed in there. Um, 
I'm sure uh, one of us could escort you in for a few minutes just to see and assess the damage. And, well, I uh, can see the damage through the window. <laughs> it's disaster area. Um, I'm not sure what I could do to help you. We're also not dressed for, for it. Um, go ahead, guys. Sorry. I was just going to ask, what's around the back of the business? Is it like an alleyway or? There's probably an alleyway where they pick up garbage, and then there's other buildings on the other side. Um, Hayrights is actually, you know, a storefront, and on either side of it, it's probably attached to the buildings on either side. Um, so fortunately, they didn't go up as well. They could have. Uh, they just got scorched a little. Looking at all this burned wood and building uh, is making me very thirsty. Um, uh, Mr. West, is it? Would you care to have a Coke with me? That actually sounds nice. Yeah, let's get a cold Coke. This Looking at this fire is, is terrible. Well, Mr. West, keep in touch. Lawrence shakes his hand. Uh, I will, sir. And uh, uh, Mr. Cabot walks away down the street um, looking rather, you know, his livelihood is gone. I'll have to find something. Uh, as he goes, he says, uh, Mr. Huxley, I will, um, if if you may, I will look you up tomorrow for uh, uh, for that offer you you gave me. If it if I'm not in the office, it should be my um, it should be the other curator. So I'll let him know. Thank you. And he walks away. Um. So. Carl, Carl West is going to accompany you. Yeah, uh, whatever the local five and dime uh, place where we can get a Coke, maybe a burger. Yeah, there's probably had sandwiches before, right but down the street. I, I'm always hungry, and I'm Coffee. sure the younger guy is always looking for food in this time frame. I mean, just being a okay. a clerk at a jewelry store obviously doesn't pay that much for. Right. Yeah. Uh, but he was learning a trade, you know, learning all about mm -hmm. jewelry and what's valuable and so forth. So yeah. you're going to go to a diner, right? You know, just a few yeah. few doors down. Spoon, um, somewhere where to get a burger, burger and a Coke and, you know, and, and then ask him about what's really going on. Between you're all going to accompany him? Right. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Cool. All right. So you go inside and you take a seat and uh, the waitress um comes over and you know she's like wow did you you hear it was just horrible that uh you know the whole building uh practically went up um she takes your order and sits you there and uh your food arrives and carl takes a sip of his coke and that is where we will take a five minute bio break all right so he sits down he says you know mistress thank you for uh, getting me a Coke. Since I don't know what I'm going to do for work. I have to find something. Museum work. Well, maybe. Uh, son, I, I couldn't help but notice it looked like you were going to say something back there when we mentioned an argument. Like you were reminding your, your, uh, your elders. 
And he sort of rolls his eyes and he says, well, you know, part of what, uh, part of what Carl was, I'm sorry, part of what Lawrence was, was teaching me was, you know, how to, how to behave properly in public. But, you know, I got enough out from my parents as well, but, you know, uh, it was difficult working there. Um, I don't think Mr. and Mrs. Brooks liked each other very much. Well, do uh, you know that Mrs. Brooks is she's passed? She died. What? In the fire. She, she died in the fire. Oh, my God. She was in the fire? That's why we were asking about what she could have forgotten, why she... Uh, would be at the store at five in the morning when the explosion happened. Well, I don't know, but and how you she know, may have left behind. I I don't know anything about that, but you know, but she, she she sort of ran the thing. Mm -hmm. It was her oh, dad's her before. Yep. I bought I bought something there at one point. But, you mentioned a, a new piece of jewelry, though something that her husband gave her. I don't know. I didn't pay any attention to anything like that. But, um, I mean, they used to have some pretty loud fights. Hmm. Fights about what? Money? Uh... Yeah, money came up a lot. Um, I think that, well, you know, I guess the way we all expect it to be is that the man is the man of the house but i think she was the man of the house uh she bossed him around a lot a lot a lot well she, her father had the jewelry store so it could have just he could have just married her for the money well i don't i wasn't here when old man haywright was there um I don't know. Some of the conversations I heard between him and his wife, I think that, uh, you know, he ruled the place with an iron fist. And uh, I don't think Mr. Burton liked it very much. I think he wanted to do things his own way, and she wouldn't let him. Um, I don't think that she is the money, though. I think that he's the money. And she married him because he, he's he got some connections, you know, to wealthy families. But he didn't like parties. She wanted to go to parties all the time, and he didn't want to go to parties. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But this uh, this trip to, um, to Russia, was there anything else to that? I mean... Uh... Well, I mean, that's part of the business. He has to go out and scout out new sources. Um, but tell you the truth, I don't think I was learning, you know, from from Lawrence, you know, about the different kinds of jewelry and stuff like that, and it it sure didn't seem to me that the quality of the jewelry was very good, at least not the stuff when I first got there. I think. Maybe old man Haywright was really jacking up the price on the the cheap stuff that he was finding. 
Um, that was part of an argument I heard one time, and I don't think John liked that. Or Mr. Mr. Bolton liked that very much. Was it gold, Mr. Burton? Or, well, or I mean, yeah, the... there was gold and stuff like that, but you know, the, nobody sells jewelry that's like a hundred percent gold or what is twenty-four karat gold. It's well, all okay. mixed with other stuff, you know. It's otherwise, it's too soft. Yeah, yeah. You could but rub I, it with your fingers, and it would melt. I think this might have been like fourteen carat, which is not not particularly high. But what about jewel? What about jewels like um, diamonds or? Well, I don't. I didn't really learn that part of the trade. But uh, like I say, some of the stuff that he came back with just kind of seemed, you know, maybe it looks exotic to some of these old fogies that live here no offense intended but you know if i was getting a, a necklace or a ring from my girl it wouldn't be from hayrights maybe they market it as a local family-owned business and then that's an excuse to jack up the prices you know maybe Who's anyway I don't know. I don't know if anybody speaks Russian. Who was doing um, the buying? And so, I mean, well, I guess, I guess, you know, I'm wrong. Maybe Mr. Burton does know some Russian. Um, but he was doing the buying. So it's not the only place that he went, but Russia was the last place that he went. I think that he had that. I think that he had that planned before old man Haywright died. Mm hmm. You know how did uh, how did he die? Do you know? Heart attack. Oh, I mean that's what I heard. Like I say, I wasn't here then. I just started working here this uh, last summer. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And now I got to find another place. I'll, I'll set the museum. Um, Lawrence is cool. I mean, I like Mr. Cabot. He's intelligent, friendly, um, very proper. It's like working for a butler. <laughs> but uh, maybe that would make, be a, he'd be a good fit at the the museum. Mm. And since we were already working together, yeah, I mean it's a lot of the same work. Clean. I mean, some of the stuff's different, but you're still taking care of artifacts. You know, being extra careful. Yeah. Well, I ain't going to college, so. Anyway, is there anything else you want to ask him? Or are you done? Curious about what they argued about if it was only money. Yeah. He only knows so much. Mm -hmm. um, um, I don't. Okay. I, I thank him for his okay. time. Uh, Hope you enjoyed the burger and the Coke. Yeah, I thanks, Mr. Mine. And thank you for his time. So you guys, um, you guys leave. You get in your car and you're heading towards the cemetery. Um, cemetery is just down the, down the street. And uh, did you want to get out? You want to park your car and get out? Oh, sure. Okay. It's one of those really cool old cemeteries. It's got a brick. Uh, brick wall around it with uh, wrought iron on the top 
Um, brick wall's only like three feet high, so you can see into the cemetery through the bars. Uh, there's a beautiful wrought iron, you know, gate, uh, which is pretty much always open. Um, you look inside, all these beautiful old graves, um, uh, some of them older than others, obviously. Um, uh, it stretches off uh, into the distance, and you can see that probably the farthest end of it has got some of the oldest graves. Uh, there are uh, flowers here and there, people paying their respects to the, the dead. Um, but if you follow Max's trajectory of where the thing went, um, it doesn't seem to be going anywhere in particular. Uh, it's just sort of crossing the cemetery. And at the same time, um, Max, you recall it never really stopped at any grave. Uh, it just kept walking as the sun came up and it vanished. Was it walking in cardinal, cardinal direction, like uh, east, west? Um, it would have been walking like northwest a little bit. Um, why don't you guys do a knowledge roll? No, sure. Okay, that would be... Ooh, that was a good one. Education so, sorry, That was a, exactly an extreme success. Okay. Uh, I succeed, but not an extreme. Okay. Not hard, hard success. Success for me as well. Those of you who succeed, um, you sort of orient yourself with, um, you know, here's the university, Here's Main Street over here. Here's the cemetery. It's walking in this direction. It's definitely heading in the direction of the neighborhood that the Haywrights live in. Wow, that's yeah. not good, guys. I think we, we uh, are to their house quicker than later. I think yeah. we're gonna need, I think we're going to need to stake out their house. But I mean, if, if they're uh, go ahead, Max. The murderer hasn't finished the business. He's going after the husband as well. Right, but if they're following the uh, the rules of this lore to keep their cover, then it's going to happen at night. So it can only be seen at night. We should still talk to the husband during the day here, but I think we're going to have to do a night stakeout at the house. Sounds like a plan. Mm -hmm. May I try to find the way? I recall that it disappeared, but Max wouldn't believe this. So may I try to look somewhere around the cemetery for a trap door or for something? Sure. If you tell us what you're doing, I'll try to help you out. Yeah. Because you're obviously looking for something. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm looking for a way of escape or something because right as the sun was rising, it just and, vanished. Yeah, and it was kind of winding in between gravestones. So 
maybe it moved behind one of them and just faded out. Though you think you could see the other gravestones through it for a moment there. What time of day is it? I rolled nine. What was the question? What time of day is it? Uh, It's afternoon, maybe three o'clock at this point. I'm going to look for Avery. Uh, Probably a newer grave because it's 1923. I'm going to look for Avery uh, Haywright. Okay. Um, Max and Lex, you're looking around in that part of the cemetery. There are some mausoleums, uh, but uh, the mausoleums are locked tight. They're they're chained closed. Uh, Alexander, it takes you a bit but eventually you do find uh, Avery Haywright's uh, grave. Um, there is a you know, bit of a monument like you would have, uh, not, not some huge thing, um, maybe an angel, um, you know, over the grave, uh, holding something in its hands. Uh, I'm making this up as we're going. So it's like... Uh, it just looks like a standard grave. It says hayride on it. They don't have a mausoleum or anything like that. So um, you probably also do find a Bolton, I mean, a um, a Burton uh, mausoleum. Uh, that's much larger, much finer. Uh, but neither one of them is in the line of where this thing was supposedly walking. And they don't look like they've been like, especially the mausoleum. It doesn't look like it's been opened at all. No. Okay. Max, um, what did you what did you find? All the places are locked tight. This is most bizarre, but I, it couldn't have gone anywhere. I told you guys I looked over the place earlier, but I didn't see anything. Well, maybe it's uh, maybe it's only here at night, right? Maybe, but we should go check on their house, right? So you, the way the the town is, kind of, you got to go back into this into the the town. You don't have to go on Main Street, but you have to cross the bridge, um, uh, cross the Miskatonic River, uh, and then you you head into the uh, higher upper class area. Um, you drive along until you find it, and here is a picture of the sort of a representation of the Haywright house. Oh, nice. It is a two-story. It's very nice. Um, unlike in this picture, uh, there are gardens around it with roses and flowers, and uh, there's a bit more of a porch on it than that one has there. Um, two things you notice. One is there is no car in the driveway, and there seem to be a bunch of things up on the porch, like packages, or they look rather colorful, whatever they are. Um, but it's obvious they have a car. The car's not there. She might have took the car, or he's out. I mean, they, he didn't drive there this morning, so. Well, we, yeah, had, we haven't knocked on the door. 
I'm going to assume that means nobody's home. So if someone wants to go to the door, that's cool. But I'm going to check out packages and see if there's post dates on them or, or what. Okay. As you approach, it's obvious that they're not like parcels from the, from the post office. What they look like is there are various baskets and things like that with um, condolences. Sorry to hear about the shop. Uh, there's, you know, things like that. So obviously some people now have heard and they've sent um, fruit baskets and things like that. Um, though you still get the impression that the people who sent them don't necessarily know that Valerie is dead. These hmm. are more, they, if you look at some of the cards, they look like, um, sorry to hear about the fire, sorry to hear about the shop, things like that. Can anybody leave a booze basket? Uh, do a luck roll. <laughs> Zero two. Yeah. <laughs> what kind of boo? Well, well, we're in the middle of prohibition. Yeah. <laughs> it's That's hidden. A zero two, <laughs> yeah. Somebody leaves a really nice bottle of old whiskey. Uh, because although you can't buy and sell alcohol, uh, rich people have it in their stores and in their uh, their basements. And that's not illegal. It's not illegal to own it. Just it's illegal to buy and sell it. The so this is a gift. It's not a buying yeah. or selling it. Well, I think uh, we should do the neighborly thing and make sure no one makes off with all of these baskets. And I would like to go to the front door and see if it's unlocked. Carrying Thanks. a basket with me. One okay. that has booze in it. All right. So you go up to the front door and it is locked. And of course, I have the key because I am a private detective and I have or should have locksmith. Like a... Or I would like to make a spot hidden. Is there a key up somewhere? Okay, yeah. You can all do spot hiddens at this point. Lexi. I try and knock first, Lex. Yeah, Lex. Oh, that's a five. That's an extreme. A uh, I'm too busy concentrating potentially on the lock. And the booze. I, who got, I who got the five? Uh, me, Alexander. Okay. Um, as as you hear Lex getting ready to see if he can pick the lock, Lex, you very clearly see the neighbor uh, next door on the right um, looking out what might be her kitchen window uh, right in your direction. I'm going to um, elbow him and gesture over to the neighbor. Then I will knock. Use Is there a, a door knocker? Sure. Yeah. I will I will knock. Yeah. Um, you knock. Uh, nothing happens. Um, the woman uh, looks, I don't know, it's hard to tell, but she looks like She's suddenly uh, wants to be very helpful. So she disappears from the kitchen. And a moment later, you see her front door open. And uh, she steps out onto her porch. It's obviously she's got on an apron. 
Uh, she was in the kitchen probably preparing stuff. And she says, oh, he's not there right now. He went for a drive. Oh, but he's got so many of these packages on the front porch. Uh, we wanted to, like, put him in. Yeah, we heard that his um, that his business, you know, had had uh, burned. And uh, she comes off the porch and starts walking over oh. towards the picket fence between. She says, I, I yeah. Go, I, I go and meet her. So uh, I, I think, you know, he was probably really upset about that. So um he went for a drive uh but uh yeah people have been stopping by and dropping off packages all morning oh uh, what time do you leave this right well um kind of i'd say probably around nine uh he um there was you know there was uh i saw the police cars come and uh they picked him up to take him and survey the damage I think that's what they did. Then he came back, you know, about 45 minutes, maybe an hour later, and um, I went inside for, I don't know, you know, 20, 30 minutes or so, and then uh, came back out and uh, drove off. Um, I assumed he was probably maybe visiting his insurance company or he's upset about something. So, so he's I'm, been gone all day. Yeah, pretty much. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh, you wouldn't happen to have, uh, you know, a spare key to look at their plants? Oh, no, 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 nothing like that. Um, oh, they usually can't leave these packages out, outside. Somebody's going to take them. Well, oh, I, I don't know. This is a pretty good neighborhood. We don't have a lot of crime. Um, uh, we don't get much excitement around here, you know. Um, I think uh, most of these people are more you know, uh, offering their condolences for the business. Once again, you get the impression that she doesn't know that Valerie is dead. Um, yeah, you know, it's it's just one of those things. You know, something happens, and you know, all you need is a spark, and up it goes. And mm-hmm. uh, now you can – hopefully their insurance is really good. Um, or maybe they'll do something else. You know, it's about time they do something else. Those two – I mean, I don't like to be a nosy neighbor, but my God, some of the fights they have. I, I'm, I'm shocked. I would like to persuade her to tell me more. Persuade? You don't need that much persuasion to get her to judge. Well, I'll tell you. I, I, I will just. Le- I'll just lean over the fence and go. You tell. Well, you know, ever since old man Haywright died. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, Haywright ran that business like uh, like a miser. He was uh, he was quite forceful, and and you know uh, uh, I don't think that uh, she really had any any interest in the business at all. But then she starts hanging around this you know uh, this Bolton, this John Bolton, and I guess they fell in love. And uh, I start to think to myself now maybe it wasn't so much love. But uh, that she really was interested in, you know, the high life and uh, hobnobbing with uh, the rich folks. Um, But from what I've been told, you know, uh, she's not quite up to that sort of class. Uh, So some of these parties that they went to, they looked at her like she was a little bit, you know, trashy, if you don't, if you know what I mean. Uh, Well, she didn't like that. 
and he he didn't really like those parties anyway. So uh, whatever deal they had between them, you know, she wasn't getting what she wanted. So she kind of ruled the roost, and she she forced uh, you know him to do all sorts of things. And I know he got fed up with it. There was one time he came out of that door and he walked into the garden and he just started ripping her roses out of the garden with his bare hands. Yeah. Um, oh. And they they stood there screaming at one another. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, it wasn't a very happy marriage. Uh, uh, the only reason the gardens look so nice is, you know, because they got a garden. Huh? And uh, the only reason that the, the house looks as nice as it does because they got a maid. Uh, but neither one of them was, nah, they weren't happy at all. And then, of course, when he died, I think uh, John thought that he was going to take over the business. And uh, she just didn't trust him, so she uh, she wouldn't let him do it, and he was very frustrated, you know. Hmm. Do you know if she's home? Well, I don't think any of them are home. I haven't seen once the car's gone. Um, I saw you knocking. She didn't answer. No, I'll go. I'll go walk around and see if there's a light on somewhere. I assume they're not home, but I'll walk around the back and. Stroll. Well, they should be back at some point, you know. But, uh, you know, people think, people, young people think that marriage is easy and uh, that uh, you don't have any trouble. But my goodness, me and my husband have been together 50 years and we've never had fights like that. We've little fights. You know, everybody has fights, but my mm -hmm. God, those fights were something else. I just want to do a psychology role. Please. Yeah. Um, hard success with a 31. Oh. Yeah. The, she is obviously the neighborhood gossip. Mm -hmm. um, and as free as she is with all of this info, you get the distinct feeling that she's holding something back, maybe because she doesn't want to. Well, she's speaking pretty ill of the neighbors, but there's something that might cross that line that mm -hmm. you just sort of think she's she's not crossing that line, maybe because, you know, she doesn't know the whole story. Um, you know, I think uh, in order to, juice that out of her i'm going to say i'm going to tell you something that hasn't made the news yet oh the reason why the reason why we're here is because they have problems with their insurance no it's that uh wait wait curtain died in the fire what do you mean problems with the insurance oh well that was just my guess what do you what did you say mrs burton is dead she died in the fire. Oh, my God. We really needed to talk with him. And this seems highly suspicious that he would just drive away at this time frame. Do you know of anything that you already haven't told us that could shed light on this? I'm, I'm with the paper, ma'am, and anything that you could share with us. What, what do you mean you're, you're, you're investigating? Yes, we were with the police numerous occasions. My God. My friend here is a private detective, and I'm a journalist. We're God. working together. 
Um, just a minute. I'll be back. And off she goes back into her place. And after uh, 10 minutes or so, uh, she comes back and she has an envelope in her hand. Um, the envelope looks very dirty uh, and uh, worn. And uh, you can't tell if it's old, but it's definitely been through the ringer. She comes up and she says, now listen, you know, when you're married and you're having trouble, sometimes you think about things. And if you're foolish, you might write them down. and But they don't mean that you're thinking actually about doing anything. But a couple of weeks ago, Mr. Bolton came home uh, in the evening and in the morning, you know, he left, he went, went to, to the, the shop and I was working in my garden a little while later. And I found there nestled amongst the, the, the lilacs and the, the weeds, um, a letter that must've fallen out of his car or out of his pocket or something like that. And I, I read it, but I didn't really think if, if you know, she's gone, uh, what this could mean. And she hands it to you. Now, oh. now, now, don't judge him. He's a good man. You know, just a little high strung. Um, Joanne, I never, I am never to be free, or am I never to be free of the legacy of my father-in-law? His name hangs above my door as an ever-present omen of failures. If only I could break her hold on the money, I would leave at once and come to you in New York. But there seems little chance of that. Why she is much worse than her father ever was. My Joanne, I love you so much. And it is with a sad heart that I had to give her the necklace. She found it in my luggage on my return. Christ. I'm not even a man's own. Oh, is, it should it's be not is. even a man's own po uh, postage sacred. I have to rid myself of her and gain the inheritance. Soon, my love. Soon, John. Now, you don't think that he did anything drastic. Oh, no, I'm pretty sure it was a, a gas explosion, but she was missing a locket. So story-wise, she may have gone back into the uh, shop, and that's when the gas explosion happened. Uh, at least preliminarily, that's what we kind of think. But this does lead me to uh, that we need to investigate more. So... Um, we're going to have to go into that house and see if we can find anything else. And we'll bring in all the packages so no one will take them. But we need to start our investigation. Uh, if you could uh, keep a lookout to see who else comes and goes from this house. Well, should I call the police? Oh, we're working with them. Uh, we're investigating this. And uh, 
I think we need to uh, see if he's like packed up his suitcases and is left for long term or whether it's short term. In the very least, we need to bring in all the packages so they don't get damaged by rain or, you know, some miscreant takes them. If he's left for New York, we need to find him. And yes. I understand this is, I, I, I cut some phone calls to make. Oh, my goodness. Uh, if you would keep it quiet, we work with the paper, my friend here, and it would kill his scoop if this got out. We would love to, I'm sure he'd love to quote you in the paper as a primary source if this comes through. And Julia McTie, that's my name, Julia McTie. That's spelled M-C-T-I-G-H-E, McTie. Got it. Yes. So, oh, please. my goodness. Can I tell my husband? Oh, only him. Only him, not your neighbors, because you're going to have to wait for the edition to come out in the paper. Okay? It's yes, a very well. exclusive story. Oh, my goodness. Good luck. And again, please keep a lookout for people coming and going in the house. And if he does come back, please call and I give my number or the papers. Your number. magical <laughs> cell phone number from 1924. <laughs> right. Yeah. Pennsylvania yeah. 65,000. Yeah. She, she can't call you on the phone. <laughs> oh, the world we live in nowadays. Whatever so did they point, do? At that point, I would, guys, before we head off to New York, maybe we can find out where in New York he's going. We should uh, check the like house. Go, I'd like to go open the lock and get mm -hmm. in the house. All right. Well, All right. Go ahead. Uh, I was just, just going to check around to see if the back door is open. Okay. Um, Alexander, you go around back. The back door is, in fact, also locked. Um, but the curtains on the windows are not drawn. They're, they're open. Uh, do a spot hidden for me. Nope, 92. Okay. Um, you can't quite see all the way to the front uh, of the house down the hallway. It's, uh, it's you know, it's getting on in the afternoon, the lights uh you know getting uh less and it's it's shining on the wrong side of the house uh so you can't really see through um uh let's do a lock picking roll or uh absolutely locksmith skills come on yeah fell out of the ice roller 35 so i do make it okay Without much difficulty, you see. It's you, not a hard success. It's not a hard success. It's just a success. Yeah, you hear a click, and the door unlocks. And uh, I would uh, bring the. I'd, if anybody else would care to gather up the packages, I would uh, carry the bottle of liquor package in, and I would open the door and go on in. Hopefully, okay. it's not booby trapped. As you enter the house, um, it is uh, in very neat order. Um, uh, the place is well-maintained and so forth. However, right next to the door, uh, there are a number of other packages. Um, looks like they were probably brought in earlier by Mr. Bolton himself before he left in his car. 
there are also two suitcases sitting there that uh, are heavy. Wow. Well, the first thing that happens is that really good uh, old bottle of alcohol is going to find its way into my, uh, you know, suit pocket if it's small enough. <laughs> well, it looks like it's uh, it's uh, it will be covered somehow when we leave, but it is it's not staying in the package. It's that's too good. Um, bring in the rest of the packages and go to the luggage and see if there's any like tags on it, anything in it, any address of where it's supposed to go, anything along those lines. Max is just going to open the package. The, sorry, the suitcase, one of the suitcase. Okay. I'm going um, to be a bit ignorant of social uh, privacy. I'm going to be just going straight to it because I already form a theory. Mm -hmm. So you find, you find, well, the packages are more or less, you know, Valerie, John uh, have heard about the fire, hope all is well and safe, Eric and Melissa, things like that, you know. Mm -hmm. Um you open up the suitcase, and it definitely looks like uh, he was packing for going somewhere. Uh, underwear, socks, uh, changes of clothing, um, shaving kit, things like you would expect if you were going to drive to New York. But you leave without a suitcase, is that? He may have gotten scared bolted completely maybe he left something in the suitcases like uh you know journal notes travel itinerary map well somebody saw him leave so he's not here mm -hmm. but at least we won't stumble across a dead body we look around so, uh open up the other suitcase and search it is there any uh any papers anything written anything along those lines nothing in there like to um, look through the house to try and find like an office or something like that. See if there's a place where they keep paperwork where he might have things like that stash. We've already found one illicit love note. Maybe there's more stash somewhere. Or other evidence. Um, you start looking around. Uh, on the first floor, he doesn't have a, an office. There's a nice kitchen. There's uh, probably a liquor cabinet, uh, fully stocked. Um. The house is the house has a bit of a feminine touch to it, uh, with um, flowers, you know, in vases on the table. Um, it's obviously that uh, as as um, they had said, she has a maid, so uh, the place is in perfect order. Um, but nothing on the first floor seems to indicate anything unusual. Uh, it's a little too feminine for a masculine taste. Uh, you go upstairs. Um, it's very clean, very tidy throughout. Uh, there is one room that is obviously a little bit more masculine. It's a study. Um, there are books on the on the bookcases. There's a desk. Um, and the desk uh, does have... Um, it does have a locked drawer, uh, but it's not difficult to find the, the key, which is also in the cabinet. Uh, and inside is a 38 uh, pistol. 
uh, with 25 rounds of ammunition with a license for the weapon right next to it. Um, and uh, you look around at some of the paperwork, there are files and things about the uh, about the, the jewelry store. But do you have an accounting? Uh, no, no accounting. So you don't really know, but it doesn't seem unusual at all. Uh, other than the 5%, right? I got you. you pay, pay five, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'll roll against it. A writing, 55% in writing. There are also jewelry tools, uh, things like that. And there are a number of, uh, there's like a little spot where it looks like he can repair jewelry if something breaks. Um, you find uh, their bedroom, and they have separate beds, um, one on each side of the room. Uh, she has jewelry boxes and things like that. Mm -hmm. um, you get the feeling that she gets the good stuff, you know, mm -hmm. or she can always take it to the shop mm -hmm. and sell it if she gets tired of it. But for the most part, everything seems kind of normal. I return. Uh, is there a laundry room? Yeah, sure. There's a laundry okay. room. I dump out one of the suitcases and put the bottle of booze in it and his entire liquor cabinet. Okay. Okay. Just, just because. I mean, it's it's prohibition. This is this is bad stuff. He should not leave this behind, and it's very important to our investigation. So when I leave, I'll put it in the boot of my uh, Model T and uh, go that route. Okay. I'll have to look up later to see if a Model T actually has a boot. <laughs> unless, unless someone finds a false bottom in his desk where he's got, uh, you know, post that's being hidden from her. Hold it in your lap while driving. You don't find anything like that. Yeah. Um, yeah, other than we don't have a, an address of where he's potentially going, right? I Correct. don't think he's going somewhere. I believe he's going to come back. Well, he didn't go to New York because he would have taken his bags with him. Maybe we just set up some kind of, a, I don't know, a hasty ambush or something. Just maybe we could watch and see what happens. He finds all his luggage. It's a proof, is the proof of this alcohol... Is any of it flammable? Sure, but brandy's flammable. That time already. Is there a couple? Yeah, couple sure. Bottles that are flammable? Okay. Um, I uh, grab a couple pairs of his socks and put it over the bottle so that if I need to, I could rip a cork off, shove the sock in, light it, and turn it into a Molotov. But it's, it's, and it's there. Uh, with me in the luggage case. I think we need to stay here for the night and see if uh, uh, anything uh, or anyone comes back. Uh, what's in the What's in the other packages? Is there like casseroles or anything like that? No, mostly in the way of fruit baskets and, and little things like that. They're all just offering their, you know, condolences. <laughs> Grab an apple. 
Well, uh, yeah, so we have, a, we have a little bit of food, so we don't actually have to go out for dinner. Uh, we can put the Model T down the road a little bit, and I'll leave the luggage in here, and we can uh, just wait for someone to come back, and if not, head off to New York tomorrow morning. I don't know who Joanne, Joanne might be. You're going to wait in the house? Just throwing that out as a as a plan, guys. I I don't have I don't know of any other lead other than randomly driving towards New York, right? Well, I there mean, we could take uh, a on the one. We could know, take a good point. I don't think he went to New York because he left his bags. He would have taken them if he wasn't planning on coming back. Unless he got scared. Um, I'm going to circle back around from the back and go back inside. Okay. Rejoin the others. Just, why don't we leave the back door unlocked and wait and stay, make a stake out outside and see if he comes back. I'm going to uh, slip in if we need to. I'm going to stay inside because I need to get uh, it's, I think I can take a nap because I have been up all night. I'm going yeah, to, you guys are all pretty exhausted. I don't uh, know how I'm going to sleep with the. There is this small, faint howling in the distance. Probably the neighbor's dogs or something. I don't know. But you could try. I'm just saying, if a Russian bear spirit comes to murder this man, I don't want to sleep through it. Well, All right. Watches. Or perhaps this murderer thinks that he's at home and he's going to find us and murder us all. After all, it's always people that are worse than spirits. There's five of us. Well, four of us. Now five of us, I'm miscounting. <laughs> so, right about... Okay, who's in the house still? Uh, Lex? And uh, if I would like to take a nap. Mm-hmm. Okay. If we're going to stay in the house. I, I didn't. Yeah, we'll stay in the house if that's what we're going to do. Exploding ideas. All right. Yeah, right. we, want to, we want to set a watch just so that some of us can get some sleep and maybe the others uh, can, you know, listen at the front door and whatnot. I'll be first watch. Okay, I'm going to go to sleep. All right. So right about... Take a long rest. 5.45, um, a car pulls into the driveway. A nice car. Um, you see a man get out of it. Um, those of you looking out the window to a spot hidden. Okay. That is an extreme success. With an extreme success, you can see that his face seems very red here. Mm-hmm. Like he's been crying or drinking or something. Mm. Uh, He gets out of the car. Uh, He starts to walk up onto the porch and you can see that sort of uh, look in his face as if he thinks something is wrong. Um, But he comes forward and he unlocks the door and opens it and takes a step inside and sees you guys there. 
He said, what, what the hell? Who are you people? Why are you in my house? We're worried about you, John. Nobody's seen you all day, and after your wife, worried you might do something reckless. I, I went for a drive. Uh, who who <laughs> are you people? Did I haven't I seen you before? Were you at the the house? I mean, at the at the the, the building. Briefly at, at your store. Yes, Mr. Burton. We have reason to believe. How that did you're you in get danger. into my house? Door was unlocked. No, it wasn't. I I don't walk out and leave my house unlocked. To break into my house? Why are you here? We think that somebody could be plotting to kill you. What are you talking about? What what nonsense are you talking about? Well, who would want to kill me? The same person who killed your wife. He uh. You can do a psychology role. Are we all there? Or am I napping? No, you're awake by now. I'm sure they woke you up when they saw him drive up. Okay. That is an extreme. Yeah, I got a, I got an extreme. Hard for me, but extreme beats that. 33, um, and that's an extreme. Not you, extreme, that's a hard You say that, and he is shaken by what you say. You can see visibly he shakes all over and turns white, and he says, what 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 do you mean? Killed my wife. She was in an accident. The the she was there in the building when it blew up. Yeah, and uh, how do you think it it happened? How do you what do you think ignited it? They said a gas leak. Why are you? What? what how um, are you people? Get the hell out of my house! Your recent trip to to Russia. Some of this. Uh, this jewelry that you've been bringing back. How the hell could you know about my trip to Russia? Who Same are you we people? know about Joanne. What? Oh, you say that? Oh, fuck. Um, <laughs> he goes, he goes white as a sheet. And that's your only merit state around for the inheritance, which you may be getting now. I don't think Vellus would improve of that. How, how do you know? How, Joanne, who are you people? Aren't you worried about this thing coming for you? What? What are you talking about? The Russian documents in your safe, the business. You know nothing of them? You've, you've been in my safe? It was wide open. Someone was in it, part of the investigation. I, 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 who the hell are you people? What Listen. do you know about Vellus? Well, who the hell is Vellus? Uh, what are the other names from the uh, myth? I I don't know what the... F well, I guess you can't... Psychology? I, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. Is he Mr. Bolton, I suggest you make a seat. psychology. Uh, uh, 17, which is oh. 70, that's, is that extreme? No, it's a 70 is 35, 17 is extreme. There are a number of emotions playing out on the man's face that are confusing, but 
he seems like he doesn't know what the hell you're talking about. Mm. Um, except that some of what you said has turned him white as a sheet. But it wasn't the Vela stuff. It was the Joanne. <clears throat> the that was part of it, most definitely. You're not safe here. Something is coming for you. What? What are you talking about? We have reason to believe that someone or something is connected with your trip, your recent Russian dealings is uh, responsible for your wife's death. Did you give your wife a piece of jewelry recently coming back from Russia? What, what the hell does this have to do with anything? Because it's what killed her. He just looks at you like you're out of your minds. And right about that moment, um, <laughs> you see him suddenly look, look out the door, out into the street. Uh, at the same time, Max does the same thing. He suddenly goes like this. And... Well, Max, you can hear something way off in the distance. The hell is that? Some dog? Okay, this guy just started talking about a dog that... No, 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 no. I see this. Monsieur Bolton, take a seat. You don't pretty much have a choice at this moment because we got booze in your house. We got a lot of stuff that can incriminate you for a lot of time. I suggest what are you, you talking about? It. Having alcohol does not is not a criminal offense. Well, you will have to prove how you have procured it. Just saying that it's a gift. Um, he... Uh... He sits down and looks um, shaken a bit. Uh, and every couple of seconds, he keeps turning like and looking outside, which Max does at exactly the same moment. Um, I turn around backwards, pull out the mirror, and look in the mirror to where they're looking. You don't see anything. All right. Then, uh, then I will... Uh, get the the bottles out on a table, and get the socks, and potentially get ready to make a bunch of Molotovs. Why are you making that, Lex? You're just gonna. We don't need to burn another house down, or well, we didn't burn it down, but I'm just being prepared. I don't really want to do that, but uh, the having... two things that were in the legend that potentially happened was mirror and a flaming arrow. I don't have an arrow, but I can throw alcohol on something. Lex. Well, if, if fire affected this thing, then it, it would have burned up in the explosion. What thing? And Lex, the war is over. You don't need to make Molotovs. <laughs> oh, you're, you know, you're absolutely right. I think you should uh, convince uh, the, uh, 
Mr. Burton to tell tell us how he killed his wife. Then, and I'll I'll just be in here and having a couple drinks. And that I is something that a glass. And that while I'm making Molotovs, I have a couple drinks. There is something that exceeds the uh, normal. Um, I want you to be honest with us, uh, Monsieur Bolton. Uh, you he- do you hear something? Do you happen to have some kind of probably psychological response to a traumatic event that may have happened in your life? There's. Can't you hear it? The sound of that. It sounds like a big dog howling like a wolf way off but getting closer oh boy Max I'm going to entertain this trying to hide the fact that I honestly can hear it (laughs) what have you found in your trip to Russia we know that you have undertaken multiple endeavors there. What was it? Jewelry? Jewelry. Uh, I I found a bunch of jewelry to sell in this shop. How do you know about Joanne? Oh, come on, monsieur. This is a police investigation. Of course we know about this stuff. We have seen all of these papers in the vault, in your ex-shop. We have talked with people. Look, um, you know, I'm not the only man to ever have an affair on his wife. Mm-hmm. No, but when you when your wife starts dies, you know, certain people start to ask questions. I, I was in bed. I was sound asleep. I, I didn't have anything to do with that. Do you have an alibi? I was in bed. I was asleep. It was five in the morning. I mean, we, we saw the police drop him off. We could just ask them if he was here when they picked him up. I think he's telling the truth about that, at least. Uh, do a psych roll? Sure. I'll eventually pass one. <laughs> <laughs> That is a success. Uh, Regular, yeah, 43 under 53 for me, so regular success. Regular. Or no, hard, actually, that's a hard. 39 under 50. It's it's very, very difficult to completely mask your physiological reactions to something that's on the money. But he's lying through his fucking teeth. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. My character's naive, so that tracks. He's desperately making shit up, you feel. Um, And he's using the same story that he gave to the police. But he's not acting like it's the truth. He's acting like it's a story. Mr. Burton, every once in a while, I get someone at the museum who tries to sell me a fake. This sounds like one of those stories. You're not telling the truth. Look, look. Um, what is that goddamn sound? What? I stick my head around. That's the uh, 
Velus that's coming to kill you and escort you to the afterworld. And I go back to make drinking and getting a drink and making the second Molotov. I, I I still don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Your wife's guardian angel come for retribution. You're you're talking about that stupid locket? That that yes. that necklace? That's just know. some stupid old legend. <laughs> I don't, don't you care that you're in danger? I, I your your people are out of your mind. I mean, I have those documents because they came with the with the the necklace that was supposed to go to my girlfriend, the woman I'm having an affair with, Joanne, in New York. And my wife found it in my luggage and just appropriated it because she thought it was pretty and she thought I had bought it for her. She always does that. Just. John, just tell us the truth. Like, we can't help you unless you tell us the truth. Um, do a persuade roll. Whoever wants to try and persuade him. Oh, I, all right. <laughs> no. That's a that's a, a fumble. I think that yeah just hardened his resolve. Nope. None of you are persuading him, so um, he's trying to stick to his guns. Um, but you get the distinct impression that he knows precisely what happened. Yeah. Um, at that point, I would like all of you. Well. Uh, uh, I'd like Lex and Alexander and Ken and Jude to do spot hidden rolls. Oh, excellent. I'm actually really good at this. I'm surprised I've missed it every time. 33 is a hard success. I have 70 in spot. 90 is a fair. Regular uh, success. 13 is a hard. Okay, so Ken, you're the only one that failed? Mm -hmm. Okay. So, Lex, you're sort of in the kitchen uh, making your Molotovs. And there is a moment when you are sitting there um, when something out of the corner of your eye, specifically towards the kitchen window, um, you see something move in the street. At first, you think it is a car. But when you turn your head and look, there is this huge wolf bear thing, uh, precisely as Maximilian described it, <laughs> glowing with blue flame um, and piercing eyes that has stopped. It's sniffing the air, and it has turned its head towards the front door, which is wide open of the house. Um uh, you can do a sanity roll. Oh, absolutely. And, of course, I've only got a 55 power, but... And I fail my sanity check. Okay, do a 1d4. Okay. I should only do a 1d6. A do a 1d6. So oh. That's still a 1. That's so what? Right. I, I say the bear wolf thing is heading towards the front door right now. Everybody grab it. I've got um. Molotovs. Max, uh, you turn and see it. 
Uh, it is poised for a moment, but it looks like it's going to barrel at the building at full speed. At that point, John, sitting in the chair, because he can see out the door, he suddenly leaps up and he goes, what the fuck is that? You know, and freaks out. Those of you who passed, you turn and now you can see it as well. Um, do a 1d6 for sanity. I got on a hundred on the sanity <laughs> roll. That just oh, oh. that's an auto. Is that just six? Yeah. How'd you do, Ken? Oh, wait, oh Ken, Ken, you can't see it. So I didn't see it. You still see nothing. Am I the only one who's not a skeptic? You're the only one, one who can't see anything? it. <laughs> and that is a success on the sanity. I mean, on the int roll. Okay. Actually, I got an extreme okay. on the, the, on oh, the that's sanity bad. roll. That is bad. So, Alexander, do a, uh, uh, do a 1d8. One. Okay. Um, one is faint. So you leap up, you begin hyperventilating, and you begin to lose consciousness. Everything all, starts to go dark. All the tickets spill out of his pockets as yeah. he falls. <laughs> Flutter to the ground. Um, uh, Ken, you're seeing them all freaking out all of a sudden, and you don't you guess why, but you can't see what they're seeing. Um, Jude, how did you do? Uh, I got an extreme for the sanity roll. Okay, so you passed. Yeah. Um, do a 1d4 anyway. And Max, uh, you see this thing is about to come barreling in the house. Um, what do you want to do? You, you're still lucid, you know. <laughs> this will sound horrible, but I'm putting two and two together. I want to grab Bolton, and I want to shove him towards the door. <laughs> okay, do a to uh, a uh, uh, brawl, uh, fighting brawl, a fighting brawl. Uh, this is going to turn ugly. That's uh, 50 versus 25. That's no go. Okay. So you grab a hold of him, but he's pulling away. He doesn't want to go anywhere near the door as he sees this thing rushing towards you. Um, what are the rest of you doing, Lex? Um, I don't want to throw because I suck at it, but I've got weaponry behind me in the form of the Molotovs. I draw my mirror and my 38. I'm going to use the mirror like a cross, not looking myself in the mirror, but having the mirror facing forward. And if I see the thing, I'm going to shoot it if I can do all that. Okay. Alexander? Oh, you're faint. You're passing out. <laughs> um, Jude, what are you going to do? Um, I'm just going to say, I'm going to say to, to John, it's John. Um, well, here's the, the, here's the, the, the hound, the reaper. Do you want to tell the truth now? Is there any way to, to stop this thing? Uh, let's see. I'm going to have to roll. 
His sanity. To see if he can <laughs> compose himself. Um, uh, he he becomes hysterical, uh, but in his hysteria, uh, he says, "I did it! I did it! Make it stop! Make it stop!" Um, I don't think he can give you the full explanation at the top of his lungs, screaming, trying to get away. Uh, he's going to try to bolt for the stairs and run upstairs. I guess I fell over there. Yeah, if I can stop him from running upstairs, I'll stop him. Do a grapple, uh, do a fighting brawl. Fighting brawl. Okay. Actually, okay. Oh, come on. Come on. I'm, I'm good at this. Oh, oh my God. That's a, that's a fumble. Oh, triple zero. No, I'm sorry. It's a 98. Oh, well, that's, that's close. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah well, no, he... actually, because I'm sorry. My fighting ball is 70, so that's not a, that's not a fumble. It's a, yeah. Um, but he struggles out of your grasp and starts running up the stairs, just as this thing is about at the porch, uh, running, you know, running like a, a lion after its prey. Uh, you're pretty sure it's not going to fit through the door. It's that it's that big. Um, Ken, what are you going to do? Everybody's freaking out around you, and you don't see or hear anything other than them freaking out around you. I think it's hilarious because I think I'm the only one in the group who isn't a skeptic, and so I want to see it. No, I'm not a skeptic because oh, I'm already... 45 occult. Oh, okay. I'm into shit before. I saw that was really fun. I, and I did say, I've got Molotovs in the kitchen. Well, I can't I can't see it, but I'm worried because that paper we had, the old one that I'm thinking is now a journal entry of some kind, said that they saw the spirit, it came, killed the person, and then inexplicably killed everybody else too even though they didn't, they were not the, the target of vengeance or whatever. Uh, so I'm concerned. Um, I saw Alexander pass out, right? He just, he painted. Yeah. I guess I'm, I'm going to try and grab him and I'm going to try and, if he, if the, I'm, I'm thinking it's going to try and kill the guy first and then just go ape on everybody else who's still here. So I'm going to, if he ran upstairs, I'm going to try and, you know, get Alexander under the arms and drag him out the back door. Okay. Um, can do an is intelligence roll. Is, the, is sure. the back door out the kitchen? Um. Yeah. Good. Good. That's a good move. I think we did say that the, we left the door unlocked. Like we left the yeah. back unlocked. Oh wow. Um. I can spend four luck to make that a success. I rolled seventy-four over seventy. Okay. Well, if you spend that luck, then what you realize is anyone that saw the thing was killed. Oh. <laughs> I.e., the thing is, once it makes its mess, it has to clean up the witnesses. As long as you haven't seen it, you might be safe. I don't want to see this one. It'll murder me. So you grab uh, Alexander, Alexander's limp body, and you drag him out the back door uh -huh. into the garden. Um, 
the back garden is still in good it's it's well the lawn is well clipped there are flowers and things like that uh there is a shed in the corner of the uh of the back um all right this thing bolts forward and it hits the door frame and the whole porch front of the house just explodes uh, with wood fragments and the door flies across the room and smashes into the wall and falls down as this beast um, steps into the room and looks around. You see the look on its face, uh, its glowing eyes, uh, and for a moment it stands there. What do you guys want to do? Max, you want to take your shot? I use the mirror and try to reflect its eyes back at itself, and I shoot it. It's so big, and is it distracted by the mirror? Would I get a, uh, a bonus die? Do you stay in the kitchen and hold up the mirror, or do you literally move out in front of it and hold up the mirror? I think I'm going to have to go out and make sure it makes eye contact with the mirror. So okay. I would move, because I've already had both in hand, move it out to get the mirror in its face, and then shoot it in the heart. Okay. So it, as it leaps in, it looks around the room, and it howls. And the sound of the howl is deafening as it does this. Uh, John is running up the stairs, is absolutely terrified. And suddenly, doc uh, doctor, uh, suddenly uh, Lex uh, leaps in front of it and holds up the mirror, just as the thing looks like it's about to fly up the stairs after John, um, it 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 pulls back and it starts forward and you hold up the mirror and it stops dead in its tracks and begins to look at itself with that sort of puppy dog curiosity of a puppy dog looking at its mirror. Uh, you fire. Uh, you may have a bonus dice. Mirrors work. Mirrors right in work. Front of it. Okay, because of the bonus die, it's not a 93, it's a 23. Okay. And the damage from the gun is a 10. Okay. So 23 for my, I don't think that uh, it's a regular success. 22 is a hard. Can I spend a luck? Sure. Make it hard? Just because it might try to dodge or something. So I spend one point of luck to make it a hard success, which isn't impaling or anything, but still does 10 damage. Okay. Hopefully. Roll for damage. I did. 10. 10. I rolled them all at the same time. Yeah. And Tom said he wasn't going to kill all of us because it's a one shot. What? Not necessarily <laughs> um, all of us, but. All right. Uh, you see the bullet hit. You're at close range. Uh, you see a kind of a liquid splatter. The liquid is black as it sort of shoots out. You hit it square in the chest. Um, and the creature pulls back for a moment and then uh, once again howls. Uh, and this time it's even more deafening. Uh, what do the rest of you want to do? Mirrors work. Hmm. I want to look for a fire poker around the house. 
Who has oh, the, fire the poker. 38? Yes, there is a fire poker. Oh, who grabbed the 30, 32 or 38 from upstairs, by the way? Can yes. I consume all my actions to go for a fire poker and try to smudge some um, something inflammable onto it? Um, well, there's the alcohol in the kitchen. I'm thinking um, about that. I'm thinking for you to grab the poker, go get the the, the stuff. That's going to take a few a moments. While. A while, uh, yeah. But yeah, you yeah. can you can attack on the next round. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's fine. That's fine. I'm just skidding about oh, oh, flaming items. poker. <laughs> yeah. Um, it has can, to be Again, you it's it's weird because you're you're pulling Alexander out of a house that everybody is reacting as if they're hearing something deafening. You hear nothing uh, except their own yells inside the house. They're obviously fighting something off, um, but you have no idea. What are you going to do? You've pulled Alexander out into the grass. Mm -hmm. Alexander, you're out for three rounds. Uh, I did roll a two when I rolled it myself, but okay, two rounds. That's cool. Um, did you want to do anything, Ken? Um, yeah, I'll run. I'm gonna. If Alexander's outside. I'm gonna try and run back in. I'm not sure how I'm gonna help yet. Maybe if I, if I see some, if I see the one of them preparing the Molotovs or something. Maybe I can help them with that to make it go faster. Oh, the, the Molotovs are already created. They're on the pick, kitchen table. Oh, they did. Oh, you made them right. Okay. Okay. Can do a spot hidden as you run yeah. back into the house. Oh, boy. I fail again. This is hilarious. Good. <laughs> uh, 73 <laughs> over 50. I don't see anything. You still don't see anything, but you see them freaking out. You see Lex standing there, fire his gun into the air. Um, uh, Jude, what are you going to do? Can I do a luck roll to see if I have the 38? Sure. Okay. Well, just tell me if you got the 38, you got the 38. Yeah, I'm gonna try and I'm gonna try and hold the mirror, do the same thing that I saw Lex do. And or actually did when when Lex did that, did it seem like it phased it at all? Well, it, it reared back and it howled. Uh, you definitely saw something splatter. Mm. Okay, well, I'll, I'll do the same thing. I'll do the same thing. Uh, okay. Okay. So, yeah, I'll hold the mirror up and then, you know, do, so it's looking at its reflection and take a shot. Did Do I get a bonus dice? Do a luck roll first. A luck roll, okay. Um, that's a... That's a pass okay so <clears throat> what happens is is the creature has reared back because it got shot um it its paws land back on the ground uh its face comes up those flaming blue eyes uh and now jude you have stepped forward and held up the mirror um and for just a moment it flinches a little uh, but this time, uh, you're not going to get the bonus dice okay. to shoot it. All right. 
So the block. Come on, zero one. Yeah. Uh, uh, no, that's a that's a miss. Okay. You your 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 fire your shot just goes wild. By how um, much? Is it worth luck? It's eighty over forty-five. Oh, never mind. That's <laughs> a <Yeah>. way miss. <laughs> I'm just um, scared out of my mind. At that point, Lex, um, the creature looks back at you, and with a swipe of its paw, it knocks the mirror out of your hand, and it leaps past you onto the stairs. So onto the, the first landing, and then it shoots upstairs um, where you, a moment later, you hear John up there screaming violently and then suddenly going silent uh, as something is banging around upstairs and shaking John like a rat, you know, like a dog shaking a rat. What are you going to do next? <laughs> um, yeah, that's going to be fun. Uh, there's a guy that's passed out. My mirror worked because I think I was I, the first one that did it. Alex is out of the house, though. Yeah, I'm. Um, I moved to the kitchen, grab a Molotov, and. If I can light it and throw it into the stairwell where the creature went, okay. I'm setting the house on fire and at least the stairwell that it has to come back down to kill me. Okay. If I can. Um, I'm not even going to make your roll for that because it's not that hard to throw a bottle of alcohol up the stairs and have it light on fire. So, boom. Um, it explodes when it hits. Um I think you're all far enough away that nobody's going to get flaming alcohol all over them. Uh, these uh, bright bluish flames lick up the stairs all of a sudden because that's the color of alcohol uh, flames. Uh, you hear a fire poker a little bit to light it up as well in the fire. You hear some thumping upstairs, something big and heavy thumping. Uh, and at the top of the stairs appears the son of Veles, um, uh, which just quite casually and without any particular uh, malice um, starts coming down the stairs, walking right through the fire without it affecting it at all, uh, just like the burning building had no effect on it at all. Um and it is looking at all of you, except Ken. <laughs> Ken, give me your mirror. What? Uh, I think Max's turn. He's got the poker. I want to strike this fiend into its heart. Okay. What should I roll for that? Um. Call that a, a a fighting roll. Uh, it's like I'm a right. spear. Oh, so just, yeah, a, a weapon. Uh, it's a fighting brawl still, isn't it? Uh, 
Mm-hmm. I, I believe it's still bro. So should I roll bro? Yeah. Roll okay. fighting bro. Do it with a bonus because you've been ready to do it. Okay. So we'll roll twice. Okay. Uh, five out of 25. That's an extreme. And the 41 out of 25. Okay. I'm so going to five. take the five. Oh, that's extremes are impales, buddy. So as it comes down the stairs, um, looking like um, like it's ready to get whoever's next on the menu, uh, and it's looking particularly at Lex, who shot it. Um, you can still see the wound on it where it was shot. Um, Max, you sort of step to the side of the stairs, and as it clears the bottom stair and steps into the living room looking intently at Lex. Um, you take the poker and you jam it right into its side, right about where you think its heart would be. Um, roll for damage. Is that going to be a DA plus's damage bonus die? If he's got one? Sure. Oh, I don't believe I have a damage bonus. Also, this thing's huge, so. That would be a two. But it was an extreme. So what's your max? What is a spear? I don't know what it's saying. Uh, I think it's a D8. Most likely D8. It's D8. So 10 points. Um, You ram that thing in. It's surprisingly not that much resistance when you poke it through the side. You're not hitting the ribs. Um, you're kind of going under the ribs and hitting it. Uh, the the creature screams once again, this deafening sound, which only Ken can't hear. Uh, it shakes violently. It starts sort of spinning. Uh, Ken, what you're looking at is the banister on the stairs suddenly smashing. And then that chair over there smashes. Everybody's sort of backing away from something invisible that smashes the dining room table and it smashes all of this stuff. And then it suddenly falls to the ground shaking and the bluish sort of flame begins to go out all around it. Its eye turns black and it's suddenly to the rest of you, like a shadow there on the ground um, that fades away. And the stairwell is on fire, and the second story is catching. And, Alexander, you're waking up in the backyard, looking up at the house with flames starting to come out of the windows. What are you all going to (laughs) do? Run! Yeah. You're going to run. Well, Alexander, that's it. He's going to grab a shovel and walk and he's going to go over to the shed seeing it, grab a shovel. He still thinks there's stuff going on, so he's going to walk inside. Yeah, you see the whole place on fire. You see them running out the front door. Um, And who has the lowest luck? I have 45. Yeah, I... um, Really got lower than 45? I think Thank I you. think I spent I spent like uh, a couple. I had forty five, and then I think I spent a couple of points on forty three. So Jude, why don't you roll luck? For us? I, I think 
Max was at 28. I think he had Oh, wait, Max, are you at 28? Yeah. 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 Right, Max, you can yeah, roll up for it. Like oh. <laughs> 14 out of 28. Oh. Wow. Hard. So you are fortunate in that you can get in your car and get away before uh, Miss McTie uh comes and looks out her window and sees the house on fire um and what are you going to tell the police and the I fire tell, department I, as we're running out i tell uh jude to throw the 32 or 38 or whatever up the stairwell sure yeah you don't want you don't want that in your possession and you want it in there because it was a suicide. He killed himself and set his own house on fire is what I'm going to suggest when I get out of here. I, I want to talk. Do they have serial numbers? On fire. Classic suicide. Do firearms um, have serial numbers in like the 20s? They might have serial numbers, but they're probably not registered. But he had a license for it, so it may have... He a had a license for it, that's true. Yeah. So yeah. He, yeah. There will be a copy at the police station or the local sheriff's office well, well I'm, not, I'm not keeping it though, yeah. I'd say that since you passed your buck, and we'll say that the police buy that. The police in Arkham are not the best police in the world. So they believe that he was so grief stricken over his wife that he committed suicide. Um and that's the end of our story, and you all survived. <laughs> so you didn't quite get the story out of him that was there. Ah, uh, bummer. But what he did, uh, he orchestrated the whole thing. Um, the necklace, he didn't have any idea what the, the necklace was. Mm -hmm. um, he knew there were legends about it, but, you know, that just makes it sell better. Uh, so that was his whole intention. His wife got a hold of it. She thought it was for her, and she appropriated it. Um that kind of pissed him off, but he finally decided that he would he had to get rid of her because she was she was just literally ruining his life. Um, she was making him miserable. So what he did was as they were lying in bed at uh, you know 4:45 a.m, he woke her up and he told her he said, "You know what? I think I left uh, I left the heat on at work and she tore him up one side and down the other for being so neglectful. And uh, she made him get in the car and they both drove to the business in the morning. They got there and they went in the back door the way they usually do. And when they got inside, uh, he tripped the breaker. So the lights were out. And uh, she was like, well, you know, go fix the breaker. Obviously, the, the breaker's tripped. you got to fix it. And meanwhile, she was in the middle of the store. So he went into the back, and he opened up the valve on the gas and started flooding the place with gas. And then he walked out the back door and drove home and went back to bed. Um, eventually, after, you know, five minutes or so, she was like, what the fuck's taking so long? And she walked over and she found the breaker and she flipped it on. And when she did, ba-boom, 
the whole place went up. So he could murder her and uh, get away with it, uh, making it seem like one of the, the things that wouldn't make sense if you really thought it through was how the hell did she get to work by herself if the car is in the driveway? Mm. You know, there's yeah. no buses right. running that time of the morning. Um, yeah. So what well, he did is very interesting, though, the way it, it describes his story in here. What he did is he got home, went back to bed. He waited for the police to show up. He went through that whole thing. But at that point, he'd actually done it. He'd murdered his wife. And he did love her in the beginning. So he really was kind of grief-stricken. Uh, it wasn't really a show. Uh, the surprise was a show because he knew that it had happened. Um, they took him back home, and he went in, and uh, he just felt horrible. He'd actually gone through with it, and he murdered her. And uh, the more he thought about it, he finally... Gotten his, he packed his bags. He was going to go to New York, um, packed them, and then he he just couldn't take it. So he got in his car and started driving around for hours and hours and hours. And at first he was crying. At first he was grief struck. And what had he done? He'd actually murdered her. And then the longer he drove, the more he realized how he could justify the horror of what he had done. And that how things were going to get so much better now. So by the time he came home, he was pretty much okay with the fact that he'd murdered his wife. And then you were there and you started suspecting it and it kind of drove him nuts. Um, and then the thing came. So you got it from there. Now, if we were playing this with, you know, like bonuses and stuff like that, had you had found a way to save John, you know, that would have gotten you some sanity bonuses. Um, he would still go to jail, you know, and still have to pay for his crimes. But personally, know, least... I'm, I'm my, personally, Lex is fine with the fact that he died. Uh, yeah. And Lex didn't. It's like, this is karmic justice. Yeah, yeah. I can do without the sanity improvement. <laughs> It'll grow back. It'll grow back. We did it right. Max, to be fair, would have loved to die because right now his whole world perspective is shattered. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's no longer like he had to show <laughs> in the back of his mind this is real and it's going to be killed by a pointy stuff uh, in flames. And it wasn't blood, it wasn't a cadaver, it wasn't a body, it melted through the floor. It was the real deal, like yeah. Now later, later on, I'm gonna later on Lex is gonna find you a World War One bayonet, uh, you know, a bowie knife, maybe a cane sword, you know, just so that you're prepared. So you managed to kill it because of what Max did. Oh yeah. He'd However, great. you could have shot it. It only had twenty hit points. You shot it. You did ten hit points of damage. If you had done another ten points of damage, you would have seen it die. But it would have come back fully healed the second the sun came up or the sun went down the next day. 
and it would have been the same thing because nothing will stop the son of Velas from doing its job except flame in its heart, which is oh wow, uh, that's just so cool. Oh wow. So and the mirror helped. The mirror helped. The the mirror distracts it for a moment. But once it realizes, it's not a stupid animal. It's it's a thinking creature. Once it realizes what it was seeing and and was distracted, just knocks the damn thing out of your hand. Yeah, I I, I definitely needed it because <laughs> I have it. I had a ninety two, and with the you know the bonus die of twenty two, so it was. I thought that it was clever. You went to the drugstore and got the mirrors. Um, a couple times they've gotten full length mirrors. And they've sort of <laughs> surrounded you know, the thing with fully mirrors. I, I was channeling my Van Helsing. Helsing. Let me go ahead and finish up. Uh, our players included Sawyer Hill, Robert Bocher, uh, Victor Grau, uh, Steve Moore, uh, and Michael uh, Palumbo with myself as the Keeper of Arcane Lore. We have a Discord server with where you can chat with other members. You can set up private games. You can learn the finer arts of gameplay and game mastering. We provide audio-only versions of our shows free for you to download from Podbean or iTunes. If you'd like to help support our show, please visit our Patreon account. Just a dollar to a month helps us a lot. Like, share, and subscribe to our channel and punch the bell icon for updates on our latest shows. And leave us some comments. We enjoy reading them and answer any questions you might have. This is Tom Rayleigh, together with all the members of our gaming club, inviting you to journey with us once again into the darkness for another adventure into the universe of H.P. Lovecraft and the Call of Cthulhu role-playing game. Until next time, good luck and good gaming. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>